kitchen of this. You're big breaking TV. Fuck the front time, bitch. Hello and welcome to a 60MW Spotlight Reflection movie show. I'm Chris and I'm joined by my sleepy friend. It's Mr. Adam Parry. Hello. G'day, sport. Ready for prime time, bitch? <laughs> I, I, I am, but what? why the Australian accent? I wasn't. That was my Freddy Krueger accent. <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. G'day, I thought we were sport. Doing that. I'm going to stab you in the gut. Um, uh, doesn't really say much else, does he? Doesn't have a lot of lines. I thought we were going to. I thought you were going back to Home and Away again. <laughs> oh, that'd be the dream: Home and Away, Nightmare on Elm Street crossover. <laughs> God. Um. Yes. Alf well, versus Freddy. Not oh, the alien. I mean, is that Alf Stewart? Yes. Well, they've done. Oh God, Alf. Alf. <laughs> alien life form. Bloody Alf. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. Oh, no Alf, I was. <laughs> I wonder where you were going with that then. I was thinking, ah, no, I want, I want Al Stewart. Like, get away from me, you burnt galah. And then he just yeah. shouts at him, and Freddie would just walk out. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm not sure either. What? Why the Australian? I'm... I have no idea. What you reckon is logic behind those words? I, I, d- I did think that you'd maybe done some research and you'd found something <laughs> out about. No, I thought. <laughs> I thought I'd do but an accent, thought... but what one is least likely to be offensive? Well, you, well, you could just do kind of like a Freddy style voice. How does Freddy t- sound? He's, he, his voice differs. It does it? change a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, he hasn't quite with th- with three films in, and he hasn't quite uh, decided on his Freddy voice yet. He's sort of like got like almost um, a deep sounding kind of quite scary voice. Yeah, and then he's got a sort of uh, quite a, a wild like. Um, maniacal sounding, you know, it it, it does v- differ, doesn't it? Yeah, so, sometimes he's, he's sort of like, you know, like, you know, like the, yeah, ready for prime time, bitch. And then other times, like, <laughs> Struth, I'm going to come and get you, you bastards. <laughs> or, where's uh, my fucking bourbon? No, he does, does all of it, he does the whole range. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, well, anyway, f- uh, for people who are wondering what the hell we're talking about, um, <laughs> me included. So- Yes, so uh, anyway, this is a Spotlight Reflection movie show where we go back to the films from our childhood and beyond uh, to see whether or not they're any good um, and talk about our memories of them. And as you've probably gathered, uh, we're here to talk about a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Uh, and in, in particular, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Yes, the, um, a very misplaced title, but we'll get to that. Well, yes. Um, so this was your choice. Mm. We alternate our picks. Um, the previous film we've talked about, which was my pick, was Bloodsport. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you chose Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, um, which I was quite excited to. I mean, I mean I'm generally always excited to watch whatever we, we decide to uh, pick. But I haven't seen a Nightmare on Elm Street film for a while. I can't remember exactly when, but it's. It's been a while, and particularly Nightmare on Street 3, 
I haven't seen that for ages. So why did you pick it? What what was the thought behind it? Uh, much like you, I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen an Art on Elm Street film... I haven't seen one since VHS was a thing, I don't think. Really? Yeah, it's been a long, long time. I think... Oh, no, I think I tell... No, am I telling a lie? Possibly. I think I saw a bit of one. I bought... I remember I did buy the a DVD box set of someone at work, probably, what, 20-odd years ago? And when I took it home... Um, yeah, I put. I think I put put. I put a disc in, and the disc went back to its menu about every two minutes. Right. On one film, and I thought, right, I'll just try another one. I think I tried the first one, and it's probably part four I put in, and it, it did exactly the same thing. Just kicked it back to the menu every two minutes, and I thought, well, I can't watch these then, so uh, I shan't bother. Shan't bother, and uh, so I, I didn't bother watching them then. And I did. I bought it on. What the Blu-ray collection? It's one of those things, you know, you have things like on your wish list. Things that yeah. you put in there that you're probably never going to buy. But just in case you ever think, I'll oh, buy something random, you put it in there anyway. It's probably been in there for like two years. And I think I picked it up for seven quid or eight quid or something like that. I thought, oh, fuck it. It's something to have in my collection because I'll, I'll probably get around to watching them. And I, ha- and I haven't until now. Um, okay. You've seen them all before, though, haven't you? Yeah, I, th- the, these were these were rental. These were all rentals from the vegetable shop over the bridge. Um, <laughs> vegetables oh, yes. in the first bit, middle. Well, I say middle room. There was no end room, so the second room was the VHS rental. Table of cauliflowers and cabbages in the middle, and then round all of the edges, there's like loads of VHS tapes. It's way more than the closest shop where we did most of our renting from, and they're the ones who had all the horror films. All in nice chronological order and everything when you got to a series like Nightmare on Elm Street, but for some reason I don't know why. I think I saw I think I saw the Nightmare on Elm Street films uh, number four, five, one, two, three. Oh then, wow! And then and then Freddy's Dead when that came out. Yeah, and I think I started renting them because I'm sure I might be getting my timeline a little wrong, but I'd bought a. Oh, God, what was it? There was two Nightmare on Elm Street books. Books, that I think yeah. I bought from Gatwick Airport. One was, was it Freddy's Seven Nightmares or Nine Nightmares or something? So, funnily enough, I, I was looking into this because, um, similar to you, I bought the book for the, the first three films yeah. uh, or, or, you know, stories. And they're called The Nightmares of on Elm Street, The Continuing Story, Parts 1, 2, and 3. And then, obviously, you know, it's 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. The, uh, the other one but uh, yeah I bought the first book but anyway you carry on because it's your story but yeah I think I'm sure the one I had was like did, didn't they make a television series of this um it was um f- oh Freddy's not well I never Freddy's actually watched Nightmares, it wasn't it Freddy's Nightmares wasn't yeah, it yeah I bought I think it was the, I think it was that book that I bought uh first I say first, I bought them at the same time. That was when I picked up first, and then it was probably one of the ones you mentioned. I'm just not sure. I think it might be one, two, and three. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it was, so it's weird. So I, I kind of started, uh, I started where, I, I think this this one's, this part three is the one where it borderlines between horror and madness and kind of, doesn't quite make Freddy the lovable rogue that he turned into, but I think that must have been four where he was the lovable rogue. So I watched, I watched Freddy the Funny Years first before I went back <laughs> and saw Freddy the Child Murderer. 
Yes. Yeah. The one where he start he started appearing in music videos. Was it with the uh, with it Chubby the, Checker uh, or something like that? The, the fat, boys, fat boys. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let's. <laughs> well, I was going to say it'd be like having Gary Glitter in a music video, but he, a, he hasn't killed any children, <laughs> and B, he kind of made his own. Oh, well, true, actually, yeah. Um, so how old were you when you started watching Ooh, these films? Bennett. Uh, it would have, it must have been, when did Five come out? Five came out in 1989. 1989, so what, give it, would have been on, it would have been on the, uh, would have been on VHS probably for rental, what, 1990 or so? Yeah. So it would have been from 1990 onwards. Probably all 1990, to be fair. So I would have been 10, 10 and a bit. So still quite young. Yeah. But yeah. then I suppose at that point, Freddie, well, particularly from, I suppose, the point where you watched it, it, it wasn't really scary. It was more, he was an anti-hero. Yeah. Um, I, read, so I read somewhere today, he's the person you love to hate kind of thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. If you, you start to forgive his crimes eventually because, you know, you know time heals old wounds. Yes. Like, It'd be, it would be it would be a bit like I don't know Myra Hindley having a puppet show on CITV or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, or Rolf Harris having his own having his own show. show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but well, dead you know. struggle now, unless he's in our dreams. Well, well, that'd be different, true. wouldn't it? Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street, but it's Rolf Harris as the as the uh, as the as the killer. Yes. rather than the screeching sound, you just hear the wobble board in the background. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and he did you redo? Yeah. Um, oh God, I'm walking down a dodgy corridor, and all I can hear is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I take it they didn't really scare you, even no, though you were no. ten. No, uh, no, no. For, I've never found Freddy scary. The, the weird thing was, like the first one, obviously, is a straight up horror film, really, more more than the later ones. But because I th- I'm trying to think when. Like the first one's so sort of cheap, like you, you barely see Freddy because he's mainly in shadow. That's probably because yeah. the makeup was a bit, a bit gashy. I mean, it got terrible again, and especially by the time you get to Freddy's dead, the makeup was so cheap and latexy. You look like a spitting image puppet. I think it was probably three stroke four. I think was probably the height of the Freddy makeup where he looked like a proper burnt person. Mm. Yeah, he starts to just look like he's made out of ham by the time you get to like five and six. Yeah, isn't it funny how he does seem to change in you know in a lot of the movies? Mm. He's yeah, you know, obviously recognisable, but his makeup just always looks a little bit different. Like, um, but I mean, I suppose he, you know. Well, I don't suppose I know Freddy Krueger is is iconic, really, as a as a horror yeah. uh, icon, isn't it? You know, he's the from the first Nightmare on Elm Street when he was introduced to you know he's been in all sorts he's been obviously movies tv shows video games comics you know he's just and he's he has endured even though there hasn't been a, a nightmare on elm street film since 2010 you know there's i think there's something undeniable about him or that character yeah he's just an iconic 80s slasher isn't it? i suppose around about this time you've got the nightmare on, nightmare on elm street series you've got the friday the 13th series You've got Halloween spewing sequels left, right, and centre. You've got things yep. like The Howling, like throwing out quite a few sequels still. And all these yeah. franchises just pumping out sequels all the time. And, and I think Freddy, well, they're all iconic in their own way. I mean, main, I suppose with like um, Michael Myers and Jason, it's all about the mask. But Freddy mm. was always about the glove. 
They had yeah, their that thing, was didn't they? That was it. And then, because um, there's always been talk about crossovers and whatever, and it did actually happen. You know, you had Freddy versus Jason, um, and, you know, and then there was... Uh, uh, um, Freddy's glove appeared in, I think it was Evil Dead Two, yeah. uh, briefly, and so, and I think there's been other cro- crossovers with, you know, Evil Dead uh, or Ash versus Freddy versus Jason and all those kinds of things. <laughs> versus Predator versus Alien it's, versus Batman, uh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think, so I think three was the film where they started to. Well, obviously, in one he was he was. There's always a supernatural element, obviously, because he hunts kids in their dreams. Three was where they started to expand his universe a little uh, and sort of widen his backstory and whatnot. I mean, we weren't in the realms of where it turns out the essence of Freddy is some devil worm. We hadn't quite got there yet. But in this (laughs) one, obviously, you end up finding out where he came from and it's questionable understanding of biology, but we'll get there as well. Yeah. There's, I mean, there were other iconic horror, you know, um, characters. Obviously, you got Pinhead, you got oh, Hellraiser, yeah, yeah. and and ones like that. And and so, but Freddy, you know, I think as as endured definitely, hasn't he? He's um, he's so very. I mean, so let's just go through it very. So Nightmare on Street One, you know, th- this is the thing. See, so in New Line Cinema, which was the company that produced all the movies, um, I've read it before that you know uh, i think it was robert shea uh, said that Fre- um, new line is the house that freddie built you yeah know, because the, the movies were so relatively inexpensive to make but they made a ton of money even the late sequels which you know you can argue, i mean nightmare on street five i think is the pretty dream shite. child yeah what was that um, before called was that the dream dream master yeah so dream yeah. warriors dream master dream child yeah, Freddy's uh, Dead, the final nightmare. Freddy's Dead, yeah. That they all were relatively inexpensive to make, but they all made a shit ton of money back. You know, um, I suppose for the day that they were. But um, uh, I mean, when have you seen the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street? I've never bothered with it. No, um, I keep hearing so it's what, shit, but I keep also thinking though, surely it can't be that bad. Yeah, I saw it at the cinema and I thought it was pretty crap, to be honest with you. Because that's the thing, see, I mean, um, going back to these other iconic characters, you know, loads of people have played Jason, but you don't really know because he's got a mask on. So whereas and with Pinhead, I mean, Doug Bradley played Pinhead in a few of the films, but then he stopped doing it. So but Freddy is Robert Englund. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's when it changed, and and that, you know, for the remake, it they tried to make it make it like the original, like it was a full on horror. There was none of the sort of I suppose wise cracking from memory. I've only seen it once, yeah, and that was that was fucking hell, fourteen years ago. Um, was it that long ago? Bloody hell! But as they twenty ten that came out, I was just thinking, Jesus Christ, it's twenty four, twenty twenty four. Um, so I saw that at the cinema and. And it just and there's been no sequel since. There's been nothing since. So and I think that's the thing. It might have captured that sort of spirit of the the eighties and the early nineties. But so, have you got any particular favourites out of all of the films? Um, well, I've all so I haven't watched it, and it might be absolutely god awful. But I've always liked four because it was the first one I saw, and and probably number yeah. one. Um, but aren't three, four, and five kind of linked? I'm sure. Yes. Three, yeah. They're like their own little trilogy. Yeah. Because two's yeah. got nothing to do with one. 
Yeah. And uh, obviously, I think Freddy's Dead's got nothing to do with the others either. So there's like a mini trilogy in there somewhere. And I've always, always liked... I mean, I know they're linked now because I've seen them all, but how I got on with four, considering I wouldn't have known any returning characters from three at the time, is is, is a bit weird. Yeah. But, uh, no, I I'm sure I just remember the theme song for number four. But, well, I say remember it, but I used to be able to remember it. I can't remember it now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously not... Not quite the Dream Warriors song for this one, which is, uh, it's a thing. It's certainly a thing. Yeah. The video's pretty good. You sent me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is the thing. So for, from my, my, I suppose, my history of Nightmare on Elm Street. So Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, came out in 1984. I remember seeing posters for it, which were pretty creepy. Uh, it's kind of like Nancy asleep, and then you've got the glove kind of above her, and it's it's a nice poster. But then it would have been on... Let's be generous, say in 1985, uh, around an uncle's house or or whatever, uh, or a cousin's house. And it genuinely scared the shit out of me. Now, I don't remember watching all of it, but I watched enough of it for it to terrify me to a point where I can still remember now being upstairs and sneaking downstairs because I didn't want to be up there on my own because I didn't want to go to sleep. Um, and it, it it genuinely scared me. The second film, I don't remember watching. Um, so that came out in 1985, so a year afterwards, pretty much. So a really quick turnaround in terms of production on that, because they both came out in November, in America anyway. Um, and then, so I don't remember seeing the second one, but I remember seeing bits of it, or I remember seeing bits of it on... Um, you know Barry Norman's film show, film, <laughs> yeah. the film film review show. So you just seen clips of it, but in in 1987, um, I, I would have uh, been 11 and I'd gone to senior school, well, as it was, I suppose. And so Nightmare on Elm Street three came out, The Dream Warriors, and so I'd always kind of been a bit scared of of Freddy or been a bit afraid of it based on my first experience of watching the first film but then when the third one came out i similarly to you bought the book because it was all over the place i didn't buy fangoria magazine but i remember going into some certain bookshops you know usually the secondhand ones or ones that sold comics they had it in stock so like you'd see pictures of freddie and whatever and i suppose that mystique started to go away a little bit he wasn't scary anymore and then because it was i suppose you'd got elements of uh, fantasy more so with this one and people fighting against him and all that kind of stuff it it um, it changed a little bit for me and then when I bought that book so I read the stories one two and three and that almost cured me of my fear of Freddy be- <laughs> which is weird you know but do you know what I mean it was yeah. like because I'd read the books and with the, it coincided with the film which again was a bit more sort of fancy and then growing up so being 11 going to secondary school um, and then um, watching it, and I can't remember exactly when I would have watched it, so it wouldn't have been 1987, but it would have been shortly thereafter, let's say 1988. Um, and it, it it was on regular rotation, and it wouldn't have scared me. Um, and so, but then Nightmare on Elm Street Four, I think was that was when it properly kicked off, and it became almost like this kind of cultural phenomenon because he was like this wisecracking hero. He's killing people in inventive ways, and uh, you know, coming up back with all these. It was pl- playing on or preying on people's fears as yeah, opposed like the to the original Deadpool. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But it's like preying on people's fears and making them die in ways that scared them, as opposed to just stabbing them or slashing them with the, with his knives. And that, that's you know generally what happened, wasn't it? By the time you got to th- 
film three stroke four out of any franchise of a slasher film. It's like, right, we've done all of the slashings that we can. Yeah. So we have to find... I mean, I suppose the good thing about Freddy was because there was the supernatural element, they were a lot more open to doing elaborately weird kills, like like strange ones, which which is a couple in this one. Whereas when you got to Jason, it ends up like a you end up with the like mouse trap scenarios, you know, with someone does this on this, then this on this, and that causes this to do this, and then something happens yeah. and they get their head lopped off or something. A bit like uh, Final Destination, those yeah, kinds yeah, of films. Yeah. yeah. So, like you said, um, uh, I've always regarded one um, and th- sort of like three being the, the, the proper sequel to one in some ways. Yeah. Because, like you said, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I, I remember very little about that. I think it's just gained a lot of notoriety over the years because of the, so I suppose, the... Um, l- potential links to you know homosexuality and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, homoerotic stuff and whatever um but there's nothing really that connects two other than freddie obviously two to one whereas with one and three you've got a recurring character well you've got two recurring characters with nancy and with the, her dad um and then you know kind of links back to one in that respect um and then four five they had recurring characters um from Three uh, from three. Although, uh, does one of them change part way through? I don't I know if it's think, one of the I actors changes. One of them changes between four. four and five. Yeah. Or was it four and five? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know Nancy was back, and I, I just had a quick browse one of the extras. It was quite funny. I had an interview with her after three, and she was talking about how she was in part one, obviously not in part two. Decided she didn't want to do any, anything more to do with it. Until she was like, she went to uni and there's all frat parties and everything. People are dressed up as Freddy and she realised it was a big thing. So if she got the chance, she'd take it up again because she could make a bit of money off it. But she wanted, yeah. only wanted to do it if Wes Craven was involved again. And he'd phoned her up and say, right, we're doing part three, but I want you there. She said, cool, because I want you there as well. Let's do this shit. She signed on to it and then turned out that Wes Craven wasn't directing it. And he did a one draft of the script, and they changed that anyway. So she ended up being in it with nothing to do with Wes Craven. Uh, was that Heather Langen- Langenkamp? That's, yes, Nancy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so was, yeah, that he, I mean, he's got a writing credit uh, as has Frank Darabont, which uh, you know, when I was looking at the credits, I thought, <laughs> bloody hell. Um, so which bit did he write? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Freddy's not. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. I think that was uh, when they made that in three D. Or it was a three D. Oh, the film. end of it in three. Yeah, I bought the uh, the comic book adaptation of that. Wow, that came out before the film came out. So I think with Freddy's dead, I read the comics. I bought the novelization to read on holiday again, and then I saw the film, and it was terrible. Mm. Yeah, but even that, I mean, it had a budget of about nine million, and I haven't got international figures, but it made about thirty-four, well, nearly thirty-five million dollars in America. And then, so you're thinking of with add-ons and videos and all that sort of TV stuff, no, it would have did, did well. Made for a shit, shitload of money. Yeah. Um, and then I, so Wes Craven did return in 1994, so ten years after the original, I guess, um, with Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Which came out before Scream, and everybody lauds Scream as being this like you know kind of um, amazing horror movie that reinvented horror. But then there's a lot of Scream in New Nightmare, you yeah. know, kind of, and and genuinely think that's a really good film. You know, uh, I haven't seen it for a while, but it no. is that kind of you know film within a film almost, yeah. uh, which I think is very cool. 
I'll have to check. Uh, I'll have to check. Do you know what? I've, I think I've only ever seen that once. Well, I'll have to check to see if it's in this box set. It should be, but then it might not be. So the box set I've got is one from Anchor Bay, and it's a DVD, and um, so it's got all seven films in it. So it's he it hasn't got much in the way of extras. It does say it's the Ultimate Collector's Edition, but it hasn't really got any extras on it. It's just got the seven films, unless there's extras on each particular disc. Yeah. Um, and looking at this... Um, the extras on it aren't great. It's it's one of those typical early DVDs, I suppose, where you know your special features are a bio on each actor, <laughs> animated menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there is something that's quite funny actually. It's jump to nightmare. So uh, instead of jump to scene, you've got jump to you know different nightmares and stuff like that, which is quite funny. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, Freddy versus Jason got uh, made uh, again just under ten years. Uh, so back in two thousand and three, uh, from New Nightmare. Uh, and again, that did pretty well financially. I think I- I've seen that a few times. I quite enjoy it as a bit of a daft throwaway film. You know, it's um, I don't know. Have you seen that one? I think I've, I think again, I've seen that. I've seen it once. I might not even seen the whole thing. I might have caught the might have caught the latter half of it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit it's stupid, isn't it? Really, it's it's done by that. And then there was a um, oh, was it because uh, you know, like you said about the Friday the Thirteenth films, there was Jason. I think it was part eight, and it's Jason goes to hell. And oh, I'm sure part nine, part eight's where he goes to Manhattan. Oh fucking yeah! Isn't that one where he gets his mask? Yeah, his mask gets dragged into hell by Freddy's glove, and that's when everyone was like, "Ooh, they're going to do a versus film." They did, but just a long time afterwards. Yeah, about eight or nine years after that came out. So, um, and I thought that was crap as well. Um, uh, Jason goes to hell. Um, so yeah, and then the new film, uh, or say new, fourteen years ago. Um, <laughs> The remake, or if you want to call it that, which it kind of is, uh, I suppose, in some ways, but not very good. So, it's, well, it is just tied to Robert Englund, isn't it? Robert Englund managed to make an entire career out of one character. Yeah. In in some questionable quality films as well, in, really. But he's, he's managed to, uh, he sold his soul for it. He'd do anything, anything in the Freddy makeup round about, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, Robert Englund had, uh, you know, uh, got a decent career anyway, and he's, oh, yeah. he's yeah. you know a horror icon again. He's, he's but he's done tons and tons of stuff. But um, yeah, no, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street's like Slade's uh, "Merry Christmas, Everyone." Exactly. Yeah, it is the song. It, yeah, sorry, it is the film that generally people always remember him for. So, um, so yeah, um, directed by Chuck Russell. Um, uh, it came out in 1987. Uh, it's an hour and 36 minutes long. Now, uh, it I don't think it's actually that long. Or oh, did I cl- clock it up? At? I actually made a note of this. It's an hour and 28. Hmm. Um, that's with the, you know, actually when the film finishes, then you've got the, some of the credits at the end. So yeah. I think it comes as about an hour and 32 or something like that. So, um, but either way, uh, not, you know, it is around that magic mark, isn't yes, it? Yes, the correct length. Yeah. Uh, and then, in terms of cast, it mentioned Heather Langenkamp returns as Nancy, Robert Englund as Freddie, um, Patricia Arquette made her acting di- debut in this as uh, Kristen Parker, um, and then, uh, I suppose you've got the other Dream Warriors, um, you've got Kincaid, Joey, uh, well, I wouldn't say Philip particularly, um, <laughs> Taron, uh, Will, 
Uh, and then Lawrence Fishburne as Larry Fishburne, yeah. as he was credited <laughs> as Max the Orderly. Um, and then um, John Saxon. I love John Saxon. I think he's, you know, he's been in tons of stuff. I think he died uh, about three years ago. But uh, as Lieutenant Thompson, but I don't know if he's a lieutenant in this because he looks a bit of a washed up cop. A, li- a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, now, I have a little quiz for you. Uh, Ooh, for, damn for it, this. Sorry. One thing I meant to look up. You know the fellow, you know Will? wheelchair yes. kid yeah did he i don't suppose he happened to I, now it could just be my brain putting one on one together did he was he the voice of the wizard from the dungeons and dragon cartoon because he didn't half sound like him oh even and i know because he plays a wizard in this and he's a geek and he plays well doesn't play dungeons and dragons because rights but plays a very very strong equivalent but he didn't half sound yeah. like uh and I'll sound like that that voice actor from the the cartoon. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing on his IMDb of has been credited for that, but well, yeah, you know, it wasn't him then. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've got a quiz for you. No, oh, God. God. Um, and I've just realised I haven't got a pen. So because uh, I have got, uh, I'm going to score it as well. Oh, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> now the quiz, it all relates to films that we've talked about so we have recorded really yeah so we've recorded a film with either somebody involved with a nightmare on street part three so i've got four questions for you go on prepare you don't need a pen it's going to be zero no no so anyway it's it's kind of like a descending scale of of uh points so if you get it based i'll tell you who it is i'll tell you who the link is well that would help And I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you the genre of film that it was that we talked oh, about. No. Right. Okay. If you can, so and then I'll give. You, so if you get it on the first clue, I'll give you three points. If you get it on the second clue, I'll give you two points. If you get it on the third clue, I'll give you one point. Can Can I have uh, half a point for not guessing? Okay. No. 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 You'll get this. You'll get this. I won't. Um, I won't. I, I forget. I, go on. Okay. So director Chuck Russell. Oh, right. Right. So uh, he has directed a film that we. Uh, talked about uh, so the the genre of the film that it was that we talked about back way back then uh, is a horror film the stuff no good guess though Fuck. good guess okay so for two points it's a remake the blob yes I got well I got that as soon as I said the stuff you went ooh and I thought well I've, I could only be close with the word the well done. Okay. My other clue, uh, well, this wouldn't have helped you in any way, shape or form. I should have put this as my first question. Uh, <laughs> it was, we um, recorded it, or re- it was released on the website, on the 60MW website, on the 22nd of March, 2021. Fucking, really? That was your third uh, clue? For a yeah, point. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, that was uh, from 1988, The Blob. Uh, Cracking so film. Yes, that was his second film. So this was his directorial debut as well, uh, which he followed up with The Blob. Hence, I th- I'm sure wasn't Frank Darabont involved in that as well, if I remember rightly. I'm sure he was, yeah. So anyway, right, next mm. one. Robert Englund, you should get this. Oh, so, oh and uh, Dead and Buried. Th- oh, God, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, the genre of film was horror uh, for three points. Uh, my second clue was Stan Winston did the effects in it. Uh, my third clue, totally useless to you, but I'll do it anyway. Released on the 21st of October, 2023. Yeah, your, your clues are a, a 
weirdly the wrong way round. Yes, they are, but still. Uh, okay, and that was from 1981, Dead and Buried. So that's another show that we've done. All righty. Uh, okay, so Bradley Gregg, who plays Philip, right? Um, right. It's a film that we discussed, which is a sci-fi action film. Do you know what? This is really annoying because I looked at him and thought I recognised him Ooh. when I was watching this. Uh, See, I didn't. I genuinely, I didn't. Until I looked it up and I thought, no way. But anyway, yeah. Sci-fi action film, you say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, not a clue. Okay. Uh, he was the leader of a gang. Uh, I wasn't class of 19, whatever the fuck. Yes! Damn wow. It. Aren't you I, good? I was going to just guess it anyway. It was either that or Toy Soldiers. And I was thinking, we weren't in Toy Soldiers. That's not sci-fi. I was thinking really. school-based... You're quite right. Also, wrong genre. So I was never going to say that. But I was yep. thinking school-based... Th- bollocks. Right, okay. I'll take it. Very I'll good. take it, though, second. Okay. So that's two points. Yeah, yeah. And that was released on the 8th of May, 2020. So, yeah, as you mentioned, 1990s, class of 1999. Right, finally, uh, Clayton Landy, who plays Lorenzo. Who the fuck is Lorenzo? Oh, is he, the, in... is he the CD porter? Yes. Okay, right. so um, the genre of film, uh, I would say, is horror action. Ooh, Okay. Horror action, you say? Horror action. Oh, God, there's a film in my head. What the fuck was it? Uh, um, Oh, uh, oh, fuck me. It's not the one with... um... I'll give you a No, 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 no. no. Uh, Is it Dark Angel? No. Okay, so for two points. I was going to say, the slight clue would be he, he seems to be typecast in films because in this film that we talked about, he played a pervy cop called Mazza. Oh, that was friggin' uh, the first power. Yes, well done. So, yeah, that was released on the 3rd of December, 2023, uh, 1990s, the first power. So, there you go. So, let me just top this up very quickly. So, uh, two, uh, five, seven, nine points. Hey, that's that's eight points better than I was thinking. possible 12. Yeah. Out of a possible 12. That's not bad. Well done. So, um, you know your stuff. And also, that was a nice little, I suppose, segue to sell, let people know that we have got a bit of a back catalogue. So. Yes. Um, um, so, yeah, um, film, uh, Nightmare on Street 3, it was, um, as I mentioned, it was released, uh, it had a budget of about $4.5 million, and it made about $44.8 million in America. Would have made more, obviously, um uh, you know, uh, overseas. You, so can't, again, you can't complain, can you? No, uh, 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 pretty successful. Um, shall we have a look at um, Metacritic? Let's do that. Yeah, Ooh, the critics so, didn't like it. Critically, uh, it has a rating of 49. Um, so you've got three positive, six mixed, and two negative. Okay, so uh, do you uh, want to take one of them? Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the top one once I've hit the read more button, which they now insist we do. Oh, uh, yes. We got Time Out London, uh, which has scored it 80, 80 out of a hundred. That's high. That's a good score. It is very high. Have we ever had a film that's got a higher score than eighty? 
can't Didn't think we of get it. some hundreds? Oh, did Just, we? I'm okay. sure we may have got a score that's got a hundred yeah, or fair something. Enough. And they're saying it's like because we argued. I think that how you know it's got to be the perfect film, yeah, basically. That's hasn't true. It? That is true. Right, and they have put uh, a particularly nice touch is the ability of one of the teenagers to pull people into her dreams, allowing Langenkamp and the threatened kids to gang up against Freddy. The neat script also feels fills in a little more of the Freddy mythology, including a suitably tasteless account of his conception. A creepy score and Russell's sure grasp of the skewed logic of nightmares helps to sustain the ambiguity between the real and the dream world, while England's Freddy now fits like a glove. Very good. Okay, that's a, that's not bad actually. That's a good one. Um, okie dokie. Let's go with um, the Washington Post. They give it 50. So, they say there are a few cheap thrills in Elm Street 3, but there are also plenty of effective effects. I'm not sure if that... Well, it kind of works, but anyway, it's a, it's an, is it an alliterative when it's a... a anyway, uh, effective effects, including mirrors as drowning pools, uh, Ray Harryhausen's skeletal work, and Freddy's body as a living freeze from hell. The film's major weakness can be summed up in two words. Craig Wasson. Wasson, who has the charisma of a bowl of wet chow mein, plays the sympathetic doctor who must try to outwit Freddy. It's <laughs> a bit harsh. Uh, I've never heard anyone called a wet chow mein before. I might use it myself. Yeah. Well, I just thought chow mein, well, it would go dry because it's noodles, isn't it? Once you know, a bit dry and sort of. Have you ever, had, you know, like um, yeah, you, yeah, you're sp- right. spaghetti when yeah. when you've not eaten all the spaghetti and you've left it in the the bowl or or the the, the pan or whatever. It starts to dry out uh, on the edges. And when he dries out, it just becomes a big l- sort of gelatinous blobby type yeah. thing. What what I always wondered is if you let I mean I've tried it. If you let pasta go dry, you can't dunk it in water and sort of recook it again. No. Why you can't sort of rehydrate what? it? Can you? Yeah. What's the science of that? Don't know, don't know. Well, it soaks up the water as well, so it's, I, I yeah, don't know. and then it only goes dry because the water's gone again. So why can't I redo it? Why is pasta not eternal? Can't you put it in a try? Put it in a um, what do you call it? A, an air fryer. Everybody fucking loves air fryers now. Can't you stick it in one of them? Well, I wouldn't have thought so. That would just dry it out even more. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what there, Chef Jelly Man? Welcome to um, Chris and Adam's cook, cook, cookery corner. Yeah, welcome to the pasta hour. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I'll take the Chicago Sun-Times by good old Roger Egbert, because I just thought I'd call him Roger Egbert. Uh, he gives it 38, and he says, It's slick, it has impressive production values, and the acting is appropriate for the material. So why did I find myself so indifferent to the movie? Maybe because it never generated any sympathy for its characters. This is filmmaking by the numbers without soul. Mm-hmm. I've just got to read this because this. Well, I've just been reading this as well because yeah. I thought you'd go for the Chicago Tribune. Well, I've re- I looked at read more and I thought oh, I can't be bothered. It's really long. It is really long, but I'll read it anyway because it's quite obviously this person doesn't like horror films, but still, uh, <laughs> so they give it twenty-five. Um, this is the third in a hyper-violent, okay, and rather stupid series of thrillers about an adult child killer with knives for fingers. 
He hasn't really got no, knives for fingers no. as a, it's a glove, but still. Uh, who is burnt to death, but now has returned to haunt more teenagers in their sleep? The kids are all patients at a clinic where group therapy fails to stop their nightmares. What you get for your money are scenes with a severed head, the simultaneous injection of ten hypodermic needles, presumably filled with heroin, and four long tongues that turn into arm and ankle straps for a sex scene. Whoopee! The, f- <laughs> the film's only blessing... it just may be bad enough to kill off the series. Oh, dear. What they've described there is stuff that you would find in a horror film. Yeah, and not, I wouldn't call it hyper-violent. They're no, quite no. sensitive to horror films. Well, that's like uh, saying, oh, I went to the Bugs Bunny f- film and I found a, an animated cartoon rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's obviously somebody who's never seen... I would imagine any of the other films. I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Um, so anyway, uh, one thing I was I thought was quite fun uh, when I was looking at this on IMDb is that apparently in, a Jap- in Japan, the literal title of this film is A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Fun House. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, oh. Freddy running around the set of Fun House with Pat Sharp and the oh. twins would be quite funny. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> A nightmare. So this um, film on IMDb has got a six out, six point six out of ten out of eighty nine thousand reviews uh, or ratings, if you like, on on there. So again, above average, mm-hmm. um, not bad score. Um, so shall we? Oh, you got a synopsis. Oh, we have got a synopsis. Uh, I'm on IMDb, so I'll do theirs. Uh, right, the synopsis for a nightmare on Elm Street three. Colon, Dream Warriors, is thus. A psychiatrist familiar with knife-wielding dream demon Freddy Krueger helps teens at a mental hospital battle the killer who is invading their dreams. Mm-hmm. Okie doke. Uh, right, so um, I think that's it. We'll listen to the trailer. Now, when I was looking at the trailer, the trailer on the actual DVD that I'd got uh, when I watched it, um, I'm not saying it was crap. But it was, I mean, if you watched it, it's the one basically where you've got a, a camera circling around a bed and there's a kid and they've got the ha- the, the house that they make out of yeah, paper mache. That's and the then, one I watched. And then Freddy's hand pops out and scares the shit out of you. Yeah, um, kind of like a pre-production like, trailer, weren't it? They used to do that quite often, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, in terms of um, a spoiler spoilerometer, it's got zero because you don't see anything. Other <laughs> you don't than, see any film. There's nothing. In there. There's no action from at all from the film. But um, it's just not a very good trailer to listen to. So I was looking for others because it's basically like it's ninety seconds of the song, and then all of a sudden scares the shit out of you. You know, somebody does he start laughing or something? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a more traditional one, which again doesn't really give away a lot. Um, I suppose that's the only other one I could find on. YouTube. So, anyway, here's the trailer for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. It's 1987. Do you know where Freddy is? There's no waking up. From this nightmare. No! A nightmare on Elm Street. Part 3 Dream Warriors.
Right, so um, that was the trailer, and now let's get into it. So, yes. how many pages of notes have you done? Right, we are on A4 paper with probably the probably medium line spacing, I would say. And I would say roughly, having a quick peruse, I would say there's plenty of differing paragraphs. The average line is probably about 58% of the length of the of the line itself. Uh, there's no margins, so probably in my writing is mm, probably 1.3 centimeters away from the left-hand side edge. Uh, the overall it's overall fairly straight all the way down, so there's not too much of a difference there. Although on page five, I seem to have gone slightly closer to the edge. But anyway, <laughs> I've um, ten pages. Wow, that's good. Uh, so I I, uh, I think I alternate to know because last time I wrote notes, yes, well, this time like I type I typed notes like a um, machine. Yes. Uh, sorry. So I wrote four word pages. Uh, Two thousand three hundred seventy-seven words. Well, I'm I'm not counting my words ever, so um, I, we can't compare. Yeah. But sorry, no, sorry. sorry. I'll, it's one of those I will probably write. I, I alternate, don't I? It depends on how much time I've got. But still. Sorry. Uh, okay. Um, right. Should we get into it then? Yes. Should say. I know we haven't really spoken much about Wes Craven, but you know he has made some some cracking films, um, uh, horror films in particular. And I think you know he's always generally going to be known for Scream and A Nightmare on Elm Street, even though he only made two Nightmare on Elm Street films and but lots he, of other stuff as he well. He did well to have like his second, like like his like second massive, massive, massive hit. Like, when did you say Nightmare on Elm Street came out? 84? So that was 84, yeah. Scream would have been, what, ni- uh, 96? 96. It's yeah. not bad to, to get, and to get you know, I well, arguably his most successful film that far up, that long after his, uh, no, one of his early hits is, is not bad. Usually directors disappear if they don't have a hit again, pretty, pretty sharpish, but, you know, fair play. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen The Hills Have Eyes. I've seen The Last House on the Left, but that was a very heavily cut and edited version. So. Yeah, it made no bloody sense, did it, if you see the cut I, version, really? And I don't really remember much about it, and it just was a bit crap. But, um, you know, and then um, he, uh, I think, really kind of said gained a lot of notoriety and, you know, with, I suppose, respect in some ways with The Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and then went on to uh, do um, The Serpent and the Rainbow. I've seen that once. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shocker. You, you, might, you might see it again at some point. Oh, what's that? Oh, Serpent and the Rainbow or yeah. Shocker? Uh, Serpent and the Rainbow. Okay. So Shocker, that was another favourite of mine I used to watch a lot. I've when never I was seen kid. that. See, Shocker's kind of a bit like Nightmare on Elm Street, except he's because he's, he's a dead serial killer, but uh, he, he's brought back to life and he jumps through electricity basically <laughs> okay <laughs> so anything electric and he can jump into people's bodies and all sorts of shit it's it's kind of like a D- does he like, ever jump into some sort of vibrator or butt plug uh not to my memory. does it have to no. be sorry main does it happen right does it have to be like mains connected or can it use batteries i think it has to have mains connection right so you, you could uh, go like in a shaver or hair straighteners yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, ni- no, 1990s can opener. 
I think that's where he gets his power because he gets electrocuted and that's where he gets his power from. Yeah. Anyway, digress. So then he did the people under the stairs, which again, I used to quite like, oh, but I don't... I've seen that for decades either. I don't think people liked it particularly. I don't think it did particularly well. Uh, New Nightmare in 94, which again, I don't think was particularly well received, even though it's critically... I say critically acclaimed. People, I don't know if I haven't seen any critic reviews. They might think it's shit, but you know. I think that's um, one of the retrospect in it. People look at it and go, do you know what? That's pretty clever. Yeah, um, and then uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, which I've never oh, seen. I think I saw it once. I never want to. No. Um, and then, it, like you said, so he's in the nineties. I think you could, it's fair to say, after a Nightmare on Elm Street, his his career was on the slide. You know, mm-hmm. he did. He just didn't. He seemed to be making, I suppose, you know, horror films that nobody really cared about. Um, and then it kicks off. It kicks all off in ninety six with Scream, and then you know. That was... So it's like his version of Demolition Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, um, uh, first alone, what's called? As opposed cliffhanger. To... As yeah. Well. It's like, oh, yeah. Cliffhanger was first, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. Yeah. Anyway. So hmm. um, right. Let's uh, let's get into the film then. So is, um, is he dead now? Yeah, he died in two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Oh, recent then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but actually, oh yeah, 2015. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, um, so uh, film starts off with an Edgar Allan Coe. You relate to Sebastian Coe? Ed- <laughs> Shut up, an Edgar Allan Poe quote, um, which I've read various bits on today, saying that it's not necessarily an Edgar Allan Poe quote, and it's. Um, but it relates in some way to, I guess, Nightmare on Elm Street because of the comments. Have you, have you written it down? I have, yes. The I, Well, if it was Edgar Allan Poe or if it was Edgar Alwyn Poe, maybe there was a, a Welsh version of him. But the, yeah, it just says, Sleep. These little slices of death, how I loathe them. Yeah. Uh, and then... It kind of get, it gets into it straight away, doesn't it, really? So um, you get the opening of somebody making something. Um, <laughs> I put sinister cake making because at first I thought... We were... <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I wrote it looks like a cake at first, yeah. but then you realise it's paper mache. Yeah, I, and... I, couldn't, I couldn't remember the last time I heard ominous horror music to someone weighing out some white flour. <laughs> they should get um, uh, Nigella Lawson to try that out, see if it, yeah. you know... God, don't um, you find her smile annoying? Do you? I don't know. Yeah, she's got a smile where she just shows a little bit of her front teeth, but it's really narrow. Like a, it's like someone doing a rabbit impression, and she's doing that as she's you know, massaging her breasts or whatever it is, and it's uh, yeah, I yes. don't know, find her mouth annoying. Did um, you see the clip where she was talking about the microwave, but described it as a microwave? I did. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, um, so. So this score you mentioned there—it's got a creepy horror music. Um, I thought it was decent throughout, yeah. but the initial opening—it reminded me a lot of uh, the Amiga game. It came from the desert. Um, oh, okay. I'll have to. Th- well, I have played that. I think we played that for one of our old podcasts, didn't we? We did, yeah. So, yeah. but it did. It just reminded me a little bit of that—that that kind of um, you know horror styley. But um, anyway, now you see the girl, which is. Um, uh, Kristen and uh, she's trying to stay awake and she's yeah. doing everything she can to stay awake and 
people haven't got much longevity, have they, in this film? Because I, I know one one twenty in the morning is late, but it's I could I could easily be at half past one in the morning, and I wouldn't just be nodding off like they do. No, you know, like like a child trying to stay awake in the back of a car. she can't do it she's doing everything she can she turns her music up she's just eating mouthfuls of maxwell house coffee and chucking Mm. it down with diet coke i would have thought to stay awake surely you'd have maxwell house coffee and actually regular coke full fat coke yes yeah um but uh yeah I, i can only assume that she obviously is suffering from sleep deprivation. Has yeah. been doing this for a while now because she, she's having lots of nightmares. Did you notice the money shot in this? In this? Oh no! <clears throat> Obviously, she's using her special paste to do the papier mâché <laughs> bits. Yeah. But then there's a close up of a of a bell end shaped thing of the end of a tube of glue. It's like a red mm. bell end, and it spurts its white substance out onto the lolly stick, and she sticks oh. it down. Proper money <laughs> shot. Didn't think I'd see a cum shot in the first minute. No. Um, so then a mum comes in God, and she's a all... whore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I wrote. I was thinking, I saw her and I, I pictured her entire life. I thought oh. she clearly, she, trophy wife, right? She was a trophy yeah. wife, probably pulled out of school. She was um, married like a, a much older gentleman who just looked after her. She never had a proper job. Uh, he's probably died because of the stress of his job or something because they live in a fucking mansion and a half. Yeah. And obviously she, when she, when he's died, she's found herself with a teenage daughter. She doesn't quite, she fits into all her old dresses, doesn't look quite as good in him anymore. She's a bit saggy, bit wrinkly, starting a bit like grandma in a dress sort of thing. And she's got nothing to do but spend her lonely nights as a middle-aged woman whose best years are behind her, going down all of like the diviest bars. <clears throat> probably pulling as many miscreants as she can. I don't think she goes for top-end men, because she's had one of them. I think she just goes to the low life. She goes like to the like Brooklyn plumbers and stuff and whatnot, and she'll go and pull them. She just goes home, and she, she's pl- she's had herself ploughed by every, every poor person <laughs> in that area with her <laughs> soggy middle-aged minge, flapping yeah. away, just dreaming of the better life she used to have. Yes, and she's got to deal with a teenage girl who's just moaning at her. <laughs> yeah. she, she's having bad dreams and she won't go to sleep. And she's uh, it's disturbing her me time, isn't it? It's disturbing her yeah. her time with um, with the chap downstairs. Yeah, a who's... classy one because he's he more or less. He doesn't he doesn't say exactly, but I, I don't know why I just heard it in a New York accent when he shouted upstairs. Hey, Toots, where's the boybun? <laughs> just some fat plumber, fat fat hairy bellied plumber downstairs who's pulled this old granny and he's yeah. just gonna ruin her so i that was it I, at the end of my sentence i wrote is she a whore is she a <laughs> <laughs> i put mum's home dressed like a bad whore <laughs> is it because is she like a, an escort kind of thing like you said an aging escort or something i i don't know because I, she's dressed up like a dog's dinner and yeah. She's uh, a mutton dressed as lamb. Some hooker to have that house. Bloody hell! Yeah, mutton dressed as lamb. That that's the old saying, isn't it? Yeah. And um, you know, she's like you said, she doesn't give a shit about Kristen at all. Generally, she's more of an inconvenience. But she's she's used to bringing gentlemen friends home to entertain, shall we say? Um, And uh, so anyway, um, so then Kristen starts to fall asleep, and she's looking at the house that she's made, uh, and then. 
she's she's in a dream now. She wakes up and she hears the one two song. One two, Freddy's coming for you. Um, Three all that four, kind of stuff. better lock your door. Yes. Five six, but, grab your crucifix. Yeah. Seven, Seven eight, eight. Gonna stay up late. Nine, nine ten. ten. Never sleep again. Well done. There we go. It, isn't it funny that you can always remember that even if i've seen this film for years yeah i know you only watched it the other day but even so it's generally speaking that's a something that sticks in your mind about these films isn't it so uh and kids singing nursery rhymes can generally be a creepy thing yeah kids shouldn't sing they should just be silent so do, you, do your anyway. kids ever sing to you have you ever woken up to find both your daughters at the end of the bed just singing at you and not singing but standing and watching us whilst we've been asleep <laughs> <laughs> fucking disturbing um they genuinely have done that you've woken up because you've you know even when you sleepy state yeah. you think you you know you can re- feel somebody in the room and you look up and there's a fucking little girl looking at you going not saying anything just watching you fucking well, that's that's slightly worrying do you lock your door now no no we don't but um <laughs> or when they fall out of bed and there's a massive bang. Isn't it funny when somebody falls out of bed? I haven't done it for years. I used to do it when I was a kid. But, you know, you fall out of bed and it sounds like somebody's going through the frigging floorboards. Yeah. It's the it's the loudest sound. You know, probably because they're dead weight or whatever. But, oh, anyway. Uh, yeah, kids are scary sometimes. So... <laughs> Um, so she, she's in the dream. It's a, it's a, you can tell it's the dream because it's slowed down. The kids are doing the jump rope kind of thing. And it's... Um, you know, there's a creepy little girl on a um, tricycle. On a tricycle, and so Kristen asks what her name is, and then you hear the slashing noise. Yeah, the uh, nails across the chalkboard type thing, but it's, it's nails against metal. Just yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's the house from the first film, um, yeah. uh, which is what she's made and which is where she is. And then she goes into the basement. Why go into the fucking basement? No, fuck me, it's stupid. It's it's why it's like you know just don't do it. <laughs> Even in a dream, you just like you don't go into the basement ever. No. It's never there's no escape. You know you, you're stuck there, aren't you? No. So. And then when you see the furnace full of child skulls, you think I'll oh, get out. <laughs> yeah. How many uh, children was he supposed to have killed? Why did I go so high then? But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think that's the other thing as well is because, like you said, when he became Uncle Freddy in the sort of later films, because it was always kind of implied, yes, he's a child killer, but he wasn't a child molester. And I think there's a big there's a big difference, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in some yeah, in some ways, one of them's all right. The other one's a bastard. Yeah, killing them's fine, but you know, <laughs> not you don't want to fiddle because that no. <laughs> that's not good. Um, it's funny, you know, we we talking about um, oh god, what was it? Um, Oh, what was that film where the writer was involved with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Oh, that was it. Frank Yuzner. When we talked about um, The Return of the Living Dead 3. Yeah. And he, it, he'd he done a few other horror films and stuff like that. He was involved with horror stuff. But weirdly, out of the blue, he was involved as a writer in um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because I was listening back to that show and I, while I was running. And I was thinking, oh, I missed a trick there. Because they'd done loads of Honey, I Shrunk the... Uh, you know, or Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Or Honey, I Shrank Ourselves or whatever. And it's I, I was thinking... When and I was running to myself and it made me laugh. Thinking, why didn't they make a film for pedos called Honey, I Fucked the Kids? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's probably... No. Wow, that's what you no. think about when you're running. 
<laughs> I was listening to that thinking, oh, I missed a trick there. That would have been really funny. But that's why I've had to tell you now. So <laughs> Anyway, um, so, yeah. Um... I mean, if you want to try and get it green, let go for it. But, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, so where were we? What was I? Um... Uh, child oh, skulls in a that's furnace. That's right. Yes, that's right. The difference between a child murderer yeah. and a child molester. Now, I seem to think... I, I, I don't remember in the sequels that he was ever... It was ever committed that he was actually a child molester. No. He was, I, he was just... I, a, he killed kids. Yeah. Uh, lots of them, apparently. I, but I don't know, because I always thought he was a diddler as well. Was he a diddler but, or a fiddler? We're we going back to this one again. Oh, go get back to this one. So, I think that in the new film, I'm sure, I'm fairly sure that they they kind of do imply that he is a fiddler as well. Um, but I can't. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because I mean, well, it yeah, takes child a child often is. It it <laughs> yeah it <laughs> it takes a it takes a slightly different turn, I suppose. If he's a diddler and just um, or. A, or a murderer. I don't know. Does it? Does it matter? It's they're both bad, aren't they? Really? Well, yeah. Neither of them are preferable. Um, <laughs> I'm sure as a parent, you'd rather have a live child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, ask me then. They're <laughs> annoying me. Um, but no. Anyway, I, I digress. But yeah, he's killed a lot of kids. Um, and obviously, you know, that, as people know, the old story that the the uh, the parents of the the kids and the relatives of or friends of the parents of the kids who died, they all took revenge on him, and that's where they, they burnt him alive. Yeah. So that's why he's come back. Um, and this this um, uh, location, I think, it's generally something that always comes out in the Freddy films, isn't it? He's he's kind of what do you call it? Um, base of operations, but yeah, his boiler room, that kind of thing. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's where he did his his murdering and and his burning, uh, p- potentially diddling, and that's where he was killed. Um, so anyway, um, everything starts to come to life, and then you can. She she, it, she doesn't notice, does she? Because she picks up the little girl off the tricycle who just rolls rolls in the basement again. She picks her up but doesn't realise then that she turns into some sort of wooden doll as, doll. She, uh, as she runs down the corridor. <laughs> yeah, because the little girl goes, Freddy's home. Yeah. Um, and so she picks up this doll and starts running with it. Um, and then, again, I suppose another callback to the first film where Nancy's running up the stairs and all of a sudden the stairs turn into mush and she can't, like, sinking sand kind of thing, quicksand, and she can't run up the stairs. Um, she's running... She's kind of like like in tar, isn't it? But it's she like ends it, up basically doing the running man dance. Yes, she can't run, but she's still running. But she's running, standing still, and cr- yeah. and Freddie Freddie's closing in behind her. Um, and then she she runs into a room which is full of hanging dead bodies. Yeah, lots of them, and none of them children. They're all teenagers. none of them children. They're all yeah. teenagers, which makes you think, well, hang on, what's going on here? Yeah, who, why who are is these? It that as a live person, he went after kids. As a dead person, he's, he goes after teenagers. Mm. Yeah, true. These you should, think it'd be, it'd it'd be heroes, easier to kill kids, kill yeah. kill the, ki- the little kids, rather yeah, teenagers. Nine, five should have had like Macaulay Culkin in the lead role or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so and then the girl uh, goes, "Put me down! You're hurting me!" Uh, and she looks down. It's a little skeleton. Which is, <laughs> Which I thought was quite a good scare, to be yeah. fair. Um, I wouldn't say it got me, but you know, because I knew it was coming. But you, yeah. you kind of—it's still quite effective. It's quite an effective uh, skeleton with an acrylic wig on. It's pretty good. Yeah, and then she she wakes up. Um, oh, in, does she? 
yeah well yeah exactly uh and she goes to the bathroom to wash her hands and and then the taps grab her they kind of sprout hands and yeah and it, the sort of turny bits don't they they sort of grab one hand and it sort of lifts itself out and it's it's quite good because you've got the two the, the copper pipe that comes out the bottom of the tap is shaped like an arm bone yes um and then freddie appears in the mirror and um uh the he's, the, the the little knives on the tap um like he kind of does this slight slashy thing and it's it's slices and there's the blood sprays onto the mirror and then next thing you know because there's a lot of screaming and whatever and then the door opens it's a mom comes into the room and she's holding a razor blade her uh Kristen is and yep. you know it looks as if she sliced her own wrists which is potentially what she could have done if she was dreaming it and if she was being man- manipulated she was that scared. She kind of like did it in a, as like she was sleepwalking and yeah. dreamt. That's the way it could look, I guess. I thought it was generally quite a good opening. Yeah, no, um, I thought it was pretty good. Can you? Could you remember much of it? Not a sausage. Not a oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking, well, well what's the mum going to do now? She's going to be a caring mother, obviously. No, straight off to the psycho hospital. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, so then we were in the hospital, which... Um, is like you said, it's a, a, a mental hospital, so to speak, and it's there's the radio that's playing and it's showing it says that there's two more teenage deaths. It seems, we, it seems a bit insensitive to have that on the radio going out <laughs> on the speakers in a yeah. psychiatric hospital that's dealing with teenagers who are trying to commit suicide. Well, exactly. Um, I, I seem to, I don't know how true this was, but I seem to remember when Jeremy Kyle was on the TV. So, for people who don't know who Jeremy Kyle is, he was a um, a, a talk show host, shall we say, a bit like a a, a cut price Jerry Springer, yeah. um, who would um, invite people onto the show to basically get them to confess whether or not they've had sex with people or not, and all that kind of stuff, and catch people out in the act. And then somebody did actually tragically kill themselves, which then decided, uh, people decided that they didn't want to watch that on, you know, the, the blame was put on, uh, the show, even though they got Graham, who who did the aftercare, <laughs> <laughs> obviously not very well, um, allegedly. But um, so anyway, um, yeah, that was it. That was the point I was going to make. Is that so? Uh, I I don't know how true this was, but apparently they stopped putting it on the TV in hospitals because people would get depressed watching it. Which uh, I always thought it was quite entertaining, personally, but still. Yeah. I mean, um, how many DNA tests do you need to see, really? <laughs> it's true. Um, but I was always like these line of questioning. So um, we asked you uh, under the, uh, the 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 pretenses, or you know, under the what do you call it, lie detector. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did did you kiss so and so? And the results came out no. Did you have uh, sexual contact, which is contact, but not. Well, he didn't even have said penetrative, but, you know, his contact, but not sex. And the answer is no. And then did you have sex with this person? The answer is yes. Um, I don't know. But it's all that kind of shit. But well, they always still. used to keep going until there was a yes, wasn't it? Did you have sex with them? No. Did you touch them? No. Did you kiss? No. Did you fancy them? No. Did you once look at their toes? Yes. You harlot. You bastard. Yeah. You ruined my life, etc. Anyway. Um, right. So, mm. yeah. Um, doctors talking to I call them inmates, but they're not really inmates. Or I think such, the term is patients. <laughs> yeah, it's not a prison; it is a hospital. Um, but you know, and so uh, this is Neil 
uh, the doctor who's talking to the patients. He talks um, to Max first, doesn't he? Yeah. Is Max, Max is, a porter? He's like an orderly, I'd say. Oh, right, yeah. por- Porter, to me, is when he pushes people around and does shit like that. And yeah. So, he's yeah. a bit more info. He restrains people and does stuff, doesn't he? Because so. yeah, he has a theory. He has a theory where all the kids are committing suicide because their parents were on drugs when they were when they were getting horny. Hmm. Well, thank, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks Thanks for that insight. Go back to pushing your fucking patient yeah. around. Go and clean um, the toilets, you worthless scum. Yeah. Um, but um, it all seems fairly easygoing, I suppose, in some ways. Like, apart from Kincaid, who's locked up in, well, it's like solitary confinement, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. The isolation. quiet room. Yeah. Oh, they call it the uh, quiet room, don't they? Yeah, what they mean is isolation. Yeah, uh, the padded cell. Uh, but then you know, got one of one girl is Jennifer. She's been putting cigarettes out on her arm because she asked for some cigarettes. Because you know, she she. Uh, but she's been using them to keep her awake by stubbing them out on her arm, that kind of thing. So um, on the face of it, they've all got you know mental health problems, but um, it's all linked to the fact that they are doing everything they can to stay awake. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, they're talking about this new person who started work there, who's working there. She's done a lot of work on dreams. Um, and then Kristen's um, in Throwing one a of the wobbler. rooms. Going, kicking, going ape shit. Um, and she kicks somebody, kicks one of the... Well, there's only two fucking people work there, really, yeah, there's, there's, there's Gordon, uh, not Gordon, Neil, Dr. Gordon, our main yep. doctor. There's Mills, the Elizabeth, the bitch. Oh yes, yeah. Max, Max the orderly, and that one whose name I can't remember, who's just a greasy, greasy, slimy sex pest. Yes, uh, there's, like I said, there's only really four people then that yeah. work there. It appears. However, oh, they've obviously got gone through HR and they've got somebody new. Um, but before you see that, who's who the new person is. Um, you're, Kristen's kicking off. She she slices Max yes. with a scalpel, which is a bit nasty. Um, but then she starts singing the Freddy song, and she gets to ten, and then Nancy appears in the doorway, finishes um, her off, finishes the uh, nursery rhyme off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, finishes her off, flicks her yeah. off. She's got massive hair, massive fucking hair in this film. Yes, with a with a white. Um, with a bit of grey in her hair, which moves <laughs> depending on what shot she's in. Yeah, she um, she got that in part one, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Her hair turns grey overnight, like kind of because, like I said, she can't go to sleep. Um, anyway, she's got a connection with her, and because she goes straight up to her, takes the scalpel off her, and they hug. Um, uh, so yeah, then um, Neil's talking to Nancy about all their issues and what they've got going on. They've got this bogeyman. They've yeah. got sleep deprivation. Neil's dismissing the bogeyman, and he tells it they're doing anything to stay awake. We had one kid who we lost because he cut his eyelids off. <laughs> yeah, show pretty... me that. Yeah, Ooh. Um, and then oh, Nancy turns out. Uh, yeah, Nancy sort of drops her handbag and some medication rolls out. Neil has a good look at it. You know, not being exactly stealthy, and uh, no. was it high hypnosil? Hypnosil, yeah. You know, what if it said um, antibiotics for gonorrhea or something? <laughs> <laughs> Clap, be gone. What? <laughs> um, you know, but she nosy bastard, but still. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Neil sees a nun, but then she disappears. Yes, 
yeah, the the mysterious nun. Yeah. Uh, so then we go back to Max, who was sliced by Kristen with a scalpel, mm-hmm. but he's only got a small plaster on his arm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'd need, at, at worst, you'd need some of them little butterfly stitchy things. You need a bandage on it, surely, or something. Yeah. Just because have, have you ever, have you ever bandaged yourself up? Um, only in a. Well, actually, I don't even know if I've done it in a first aid setting. I've bandaged somebody else up. Uh, I've been bandaged up. I've never. I don't think I've bandaged myself. Have I? No, possibly. I don't, I don't know. Think I've anyway, ever really had a bandage. I chiselled my kneecap once when I was taking some skirting board off. Oof. I didn't have any bandages, so I tied a t-shirt around my knees. Oh, my knee, anyway, because that's all I had. So I tied a t-shirt around, drove down to the supermarket, bought a load of those little butterfly st- stitch things. Oh, just I, I think I put about thirty of them on my leg. Wow! Across the cut, so n- there was no gap at all. And then I did a few the other way round, which is pointless. I think it was just a, a line of them down the middle, and then I sort of double layered them. And then uh, I think I just, I think I. Should, just put a big plaster over that as well, and then just hope that kept me, me blood inside me, which it kind of kind of did. I wouldn't uh, recommend uh, it though. Chiseling your kneecap—it's a bit painful. No, no, it doesn't sound nice. Mm. Um, I I cut my head open once. I was running up some stairs, and I jumped, fell at the top step, and smashed my head into a radiator. I think I needed about eight stitches oh, in my I, head. I cut my head open once, jumping through a door frame. <laughs> I don't know why I was running down a hallway in a hotel where I worked and I decided to jump, jump kick, like flying kick the door open, but gently so I didn't smash the door. And also there could have been an old person on the other side. I didn't give a fuck. So I was just running down, running down the hall, kick the door. And then as I jumped through the door, didn't even go into my head that it means that my head is now the level of the edge of the door frame. Mm. So I smashed, smashed my head into that, carried on, got to reception and then just felt the blood rolling down my head. Nice. Like, well done. I've got like a, like a one inch gash just uh, <laughs> just where my hairline was. I thought that was really stupid. Yeah. Um, so um, she he's Max is giving um, uh, um, Nancy a sort of a bit of a guided tour yeah. of. Oh, tells her everyone. she should have an office by the end of the week. It will clear a space yeah. for her. I thought you lazy cunt. How long's that going to take? <laughs> Yeah, um, so you you meet Philip, who yes. sleepwalks. The walker. Uh, yeah. Who also makes puppets or marionettes. His skill is he makes puppets. Yes. Uh, and so he does all that. Um, Kincaid's in the same room, like they sort of share the same uh, bedroom um, uh, or dorm, whatever you want to call it. And and he kind of gets thrown into the hole a lot, is what, sh- what he describes it as. Um Joey's watching a fit nurse. Um, <laughs> I tried to give a biography of Joey, a kid who can't talk, who wants to... F- I didn't even know that at the time. Sorry. No, Joey, <laughs> a kid who just wants to fuck a nurse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and also, I don't know if you noticed, but he's got a little tear tattoo on his, uh, just under his eye. Yeah. Um, Was that just we- to... Because he can't um, verbalise his depression, just to make sure that you know he's sad because he's got a tear on him. Well, maybe, but then it, it disappears after this scene. You never see it again. So you know what? You're fucking right as well. Uh, so that's a bit of an odd odd one for continuity, but still. Um, and then uh, Nancy's um, talking to Kristen's mom at this point now, uh, who doesn't give a shit, really, no. uh, about her. Isn't taking the situation seriously. Basically thinks that she's doing it for attention. And um, she's 
pissed off at the maid because the maid isn't around. <laughs> yeah. It pans get, across get... then, doesn't it? And you go, fuck me, this, this house is massive. Yeah. She's just a, a, a nasty, a rich bitch who, yeah. um, like I said, doesn't give a toss about... Because uh, she, she kind of... Well, she, does, she doesn't supply it. She says she's paying enough for uh, uh, Kristen's um, psychotherapy or whatever, you know. So, um, yeah, so... Then Nancy goes to the room, sees her old house, uh, which, you know, a bit ominous. Yeah. Um, and, and they were back in Neil's house and yeah. he's got a massive computer. <laughs> yes. Um, like a big fuck off 386 or something. Or, well, I don't know if it'd be a 386. It's just a huge computer. Um, and he's looking at he's looking into the drug that Nancy had. Yeah. What, I was thinking, what's he looking at that on, if that makes sense? There's no internet. And that would prob- that would have been yeah. before you got like Microsoft in Carter, or would it? I don't have been? know. I oh, know you might have know. had in Carter then. Yeah, well, no, it's eighty-seven. I don't know. Well, he's got access to all the drugs and stuff, so maybe it's. Yeah. A, I don't know. Just a program he he's got access to. Yeah, I don't know. Database of 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 legal narcotics or whatever for doctors mm. on floppy disk. Um, and, uh, so apparently it's used for suppressing night terrors. Yes. So, um, uh, but like you said, it's an experimental drug. It's not, you know, signed off as such. Yeah. And he's so uh, shocked. He takes his glasses off. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there we go to Kristen, who's in a room. She's sort of drifting off, but drawing the house this time. Cause she hasn't got any paper mache or whatever to make it. Um, and then, but she wakes up, uh, and, the door opens and the tricycle comes in on its own, leaving blood trails where the, the sort of wheels are. Yep. Uh, and then it starts to melt. Uh, what did you think? One thing I would say about this film, there's a lot of practical effects. Yeah. On that. There's lots and lots of practical effects. Yeah. Some uh, of them are pretty good. Which, uh, you know, I thought this one wasn't too bad. It makes that noise like a kind of metal kind of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Crunching noise. Yeah, like I know what you mean. Like twisting. Yeah. Twisty, melty, uh, crunchy noise. Um, so then she gets up, gets out of the door, and then Well, she backs back. out of the door, doesn't it? Then it shuts, and then it, the camera goes backwards, and it turns out, yeah, she's now at Freddy's house. Yeah, she's back. In, nicely done. Yeah, and she can't escape, um, but she goes into the sort of, I suppose, what would you call it? Dining room area, yeah, it, maybe? It looks a bit like the house out of uh, Resident Evil 7 at this point. Oh, yes. There's a there's a big, big horrible, mouldy food on the main dining table, including like a little suckling pig. And it's all gone mouldy. You can hear the flies buzzing, but then it moves and it sort of growls at her, which is a bit well, winning. I don't know if it starts off as being like a normal table, but then the camera sort of like, it almost looks like it's in one shot. Now, whether they move the table and... Or put something else on the table. In yeah, the, that's the slow as, pan round, doesn't as it? As the camera pans around her back, it then it, it it's like it's gone all rotten because, like you said, you can hear the flies and whatever. And then, like you said, it kind of it opens its mouth and and scares the shit out of her a little bit. Um, uh, and then she goes into a room and it starts creaking. And then they find out there's something under the carpet. Yeah, someone's um, blowing a Hoover underneath, <laughs> underneath this lightweight rug. Yeah, I thought, I I mean, I, I, it looks goofy now, I have to say, looking at it, because you can clearly see, like, there's there's kind of, like you said, there's pipes that are underneath the um, 
the carpet, which they're blowing air through yeah. to make it look as if something's going underneath it. But I, see, uh, I thought that looked cheap, but then it goes up the walls and the walls kind of flex a bit and then bits start exploding off the walls like it's following a creature or something, which it is. Yeah. Following a creature. And I thought that was all nicely, that's all really nicely done. Yeah. No, I did. I thought that was quite cool. Um, and then um, you get a massive snake, a Freddy face snake. Yeah. Um, which starts it gobbles her up doesn't it it just starts swallowing her uh <laughs> she shouts nancy yeah um uh, uh, nancy's asleep but she wakes up when she hears that sort of like and then she um almost like faints into the chair that she was sleeping in but yeah. disappears into the chair which i thought was look really good yeah, well, yeah it's, um, just, it's just nicely edited because she falls back into the chair and then smashes out of a mirror in, in yes. the same the room where Kirsten's getting swallowed. Yeah. Um and and then so she sees what's going on and um she picks up a pit of glass and stabs the Freddy snake in the eye, which mm-hmm. screams and then lets go of Kristen. Yeah. And they right. kind of have this this moment of recognition, don't they, where they look at each other. Um and Freddy goes, You um which I thought was quite I, I liked it. I thought it was quite effective. You know, yeah, it's, because it's almost like she's the one that got away, isn't she? she yeah, she, and but they've explained how as well by taking this medication that she's she can't be detected by him because she doesn't dream. Well, and that's the other thing is I've always wondered at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street one because like you know she takes away his power by basically not being scared of him anymore um and he disappears and then all of a sudden you know everything's fine her friends are all back to normal it's all back to normal and then the well you know the end of nightmare on street they they all get in the car they all get in the car the you know the the, what's it called the the top comes on the car they all get a little bit scared now is that the thing that triggers it so that kind of gives him his opening to come back but then it's it's and then the arm comes out grabs the mom through the fucking little tiny window (laughs) and pulls that pulls the blow up doll through the through the thing (laughs) and then they all drive away but it's got like the freddy uh jumper top on the soft top yeah but how did she how did she escape how did she yeah and was that a dream was that i don't know i mean like it's never really explained how she comes back into this franchise you know. she just appears because she's been really good at school yeah so um anyway um Kristen takes them out the dream um and nancy's back at home but she's cut her hand so you know it's like it's the whole thing isn't it when you're in the dream if you die or if you get hurt you, you know it comes back into real life so um and then uh yeah next scene nancy and Kristen meet up for a chat about her skill of pulling people into a dream. Yeah, she um, said, have you ever pulled anyone into a dream before? She said, yes, I used to pull my dad off all the time, in all the time. <laughs> uh, and, so let her, uh, and let her dad think that they were his dreams. Yes. Uh, when she was a little kid. Yeah. and um, Before and he died and her mum's life spiraled. Well, that's that's it. Now, did her mom kill him? <laughs> yeah, bump him off for the money or, or, or what? We don't know. Anyway. Oh, I think um, that was a good 40 years age difference. So. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, now they have the group therapy session. Um, mm-hmm. What do they call it? Straight talk? They always say... So there's no, yeah, only straight talk in this room, isn't it, or something? You can you can basically say what you want in the room. There's, yeah. there's you know, they want them to be open and honest and all that kind of stuff. And um, so now you get to see Will's there. He's he's got a he's in a wheelchair. Um, but yeah. basically, they're all falling out with each other. Yeah, but uh, you got you got Will. I've got Dork in a wheelchair, 
try to jump to death. <laughs> yeah. You've got Jennifer, wants to be an actress, burns herself. Joey, yeah. mute, because we've already met him. And then Perv. Mute perv. Yeah, Tarin. Uh, weird name Tarin is. Yes. Um, druggy stroke miscreant. <laughs> yes. And you've obviously got, we've already met Kincaid, Phil, and uh, Philip, sorry. Uh, Kincaid, Philip, and, oh, Kirsten, obviously. Yeah. Um, so they they kind of, they believe that their dreams are some form of mass hysteria. And that, <laughs> so this is the, this is the bitch doctor. Yeah, basically Elizabeth, says Elizabeth Mills, isn't it, I think? That it's some form of mass hysteria and it comes out because there is they have guilt over overt sexual thoughts. Yeah. What? Yeah. Which fucking what fucking teenager doesn't? I know. Have... Is this a religious psychotherapy unit or what? I just put Doc thinks it's bullshit. It's all about sex guilt. Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. Um. So night time now. Will Taron. And Joey are all pay, playing a version of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Wizards and uh, Warriors or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Joey's tattoo is missing at this point, that little <laughs> tear. <laughs> yeah. And it never comes back, because I don't know what's up there. Um, Max turns the lights out, and Joey and Will are sort of... They, they take shifts, don't they? Because they don't yeah. want to fall asleep together. Like, yeah, so. as, soon as, as soon as they hear a whimper, the other one has to wake them up. Yeah. Which begs uh, the question, because we know Joey's mute. So when Will's sleeping, Joey goes to the other side of the room. Yeah. So it's going to take him long. Like, Will could just sit there. I oh, mind you, Will can't move, can he? So Will, I was going to say that Will could wake up Joey quicker, but Will will have to scurry across the floor like a like a, you know, like a a half-mangled tube of toothpaste to wake him up so he can <laughs> wobble him. Whereas Joey will have to run over because he can't shout, wake up, mm. legless. Yeah. <laughs> um and so then Neil and Nancy, they're obviously getting quite close at this point because they're out for, they're having a meal. When did, this, when did this happen? This relationship seems to happen really quickly, yeah. doesn't it? And it's, it, is, is it sexual or is it just appreciative? I don't know. I think it's maybe because they're new and he's, but, he's getting to know her, but it does seem as if it's yeah. moving into. It's never overtly romantic, but they don't have to go out for, you know, quite a few dinners quite soon. Yeah. And he's a lot um, older than her as well. Yeah. Dirty, so, dirty man. <laughs> uh, he asks about her parents and um, that, you know, she says that um, my mom's dead. And how did you, uh, she didn't say mum got dragged, dragged through a tiny little window in a door and it broke every no. bone in her body? <laughs> no. Um, so, but yeah, Nancy says that the patients are in real physical danger from their dreams and she wants to use hypnosil, but Neil won't allow it. No. Uh, um, because, He's uh, steadfast yeah. in his no and will not change his thing in, for any reason. No, until one of them dies. Uh, so, Philip and Kincaid are asleep um, and one of his puppets comes to life. Yeah. Uh, which I quite liked. I thought yeah, that was quite nice cool. Nice little bit of stop motion. Yeah, um, so it's it's like a, you know, there's no shape to the face, but then all of a sudden, like, you see Freddy's, like, kind of uh, smiling face. Now, the thing is, so, Freddy, as in uh, Robert Englund, isn't really in this film a lot, is he, until Surpri the end? Is it, is it surprisingly little? I mean, I know he had to put a lot of makeup on, which apparently took four hours to put on and an hour to take off, but until the finale... 
he really isn't in it a no. lot. I, I I was surprised by this. I must admit, like I said, I thought he's in it a lot. You know, yeah, he's in it a lot more, I, I, lot more thought, than he is. Yeah, I thought this was the film where he becomes the main character essentially. But no, like you said, up until up until that the the ending is it. You'd be lucky, lucky if he's in this film, what, a minute, maybe? Yeah. You see him in shadow in the first section. Yeah. And then it's it's all versions or variations of him. So it's Snake Freddy. It's Puppet Freddy. Mm-hmm. I suppose he is in it a little bit now. Because, like, yeah. so that the puppet um, sprouts the claws out the hand, um, cuts the strings uh, that are holding him up, and then he runs across to the b- bottom of the bed. And then there's kind of, like, this cool... Cool stroke cheesy effect where he, he sort of like it's almost like somebody's pulling up a a status um uh a life size cardboard cutout of him. Yeah. Almost. Uh, so it's like, you know, he goes from not being there to there, standing at the end of the bed. Um and then he in the dream, he slices Joey's uh, not Joey, sorry, Philip's arms and legs yeah, and pulls his veins out. Biceps, yeah. a wrist, and and the cringy one is from yeah, sort of top of thigh all the way down the front of his foot. Ugh. Yeah, is it, is, it, uh, is, it, is it the arteries he's pulling out or something? I think so. Yeah, oh, it's, it's fucking grim. <laughs> yeah, it's not nice. And then so, but Kincaid kind of wakes up and thinks Joey's sleepwalking because Joey gets up now because Freddie's like using these these arteries as a puppet, isn't yeah. he? Um. And uh, they all think he's sleepwalking. And uh, even the fucking nurse who's on the... uh, Fucking nurse is useless. (laughs) She's on the desk. It's the night shift. She probably didn't give a fuck. She's on minimum wage or whatever. But she's on the night... She's, you know, in a maximum sort of like security, styly psychiatric hospital. And um, yeah, oh, fuck it. He's out for his nightly stroll. Let's leave him to it. You know, loads of kids are killing themselves. Fuck him. But Um, then he disappears through the door. Now, see, this is the one thing. I mean, now, that's kind of in real life, but in the dream. Because, like, she can't see that he's being held up by these artery um, Arterial strings, should we call them? Yeah, she can't see that. But then how does he almost, like, vanish through the door? Yeah, that that confused me a little bit. That did. So, anyway, uh, because it's a locked door. And he does, and like you said, you kind of it's interspersed between real life and not real life in the dream, whatever. And you do get to see his feet and where the veins are pulling it all up. It's, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, and and so anyway, um, he's then he appears on this kind of clock tower. Um, How did he get up there? Because we established. Oh no, we don't. I was going to say we established that it's locked, but it might have only been locked after this incident, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, so he's quite high up. He's he's teetering on the edge of this clock tower, and um, Joey wakes up Will because Joey sees this all going on, but he can't fucking see yeah. it, say anything. Although for some reason, I put it as Joey sees it and drags the cripple out of bed. <laughs> Why I was feeling that harsh at that particular point. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and so then it all hell hell breaks loose. Joey goes to. Um, wake everybody up. She's, he, he grabs well, the the nurse's the tray because he's 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 beckoning to the nurse that some shit's going down. She d- doesn't give a fuck, does she? No, no. Um, so they're all tray though, just start smashing it around the walls and doors. Yeah, they're all there at the windows now, watch or the window watching, all screaming for for him to you know 
not jump or whatever. But then you get in the dream, like a massive Freddy, which has got, he's using his glove hand. No, it's not. He's using his other hand. It's like the puppet yeah. strings controlling Philip. And then he cuts him and he falls to his death. Um, which I thought, again, was quite a nice little sequence. Yeah. I, th- no, I thought this was a good, this is a good, clever little death with, with some some suitable effects, you know, with yeah. nice practical veiny bits, which are minging. You know, the makeup on his feet was good. Yeah, it was, it was nice. As nice as it could be anyway. Yeah. Um, so, um, where am I going now? I've lost the Back in therapy. Oh, yes. And it's going well. Because <laughs> Kincaid just says that Phil was weak. Um... I can't read that. I yeah, they're all they're line. all upset, aren't yeah. they? And the the main nurse, I can't remember her fucking name. You've just told uh, me I've Elizabeth. Yeah, she's basically just saying it's all bollocks. She said it was a sleepwalking accident. Yeah, <laughs> Taryn's losing the plot. She says it's a sleepwalking accident. Neil, good old fucking Uncle Neil, just says Phil was weak and he let everyone down. And he killed thought, himself. Yeah. yeah. What a therapy group this one's been so far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth then just says, right, from now on, all your doors are locked at nights and you're all going to be sedated. Yeah. Nobody seems to give a shit. Or nobody want. none of the doctors want to know anything about the person that they're all referring to in the dreams. No. They, they think, think that it's that perfectly would... normal that everyone's mentioning the same person. They're all having very similar dreams. Yeah, but I suppose they they did say it's all some sort of mass hy- uh, hysteria or something. Yeah, I suppose, but that but... deserves something looking into rather than just going, eh, not interested th- in that. You think, I mean, I so it was Springwood, wasn't it, I think, where it was set, um, hmm. the original film. Um, now, I don't know what how geographically, how close where they all are to Springwood. You'd think, though, that there'd have been some news about child murderer being yeah. burnt to death or child murderer or kids going missing or something i suppose it's a bit like it isn't it you know kind of over y- the years and the centuries or decades or whatever you know it comes back and then there's lots of things that happen and you know people go missing and whatever and then it kind of goes through cycles or something i don't yeah, but this I don't... is only a couple of years since since nancy's crew had a, had a problem so it yeah should, it'd still be in the news it You'd think it would warrant something, but no. no. No, instead it's guilt because you're all wanking too much or something. <laughs> you want to fuck each other. Yeah. So, Kincaid's um, not happy. He basically tells them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Which means he gets thrown in isolation again because he seems to think he's Mr. Barry Big Bollocks, but then just gets overpowered by Max quite easily. Yes. Because he's like a 16-year-old, allegedly 16-year-old boy. Um. Neil suddenly wants fucking to use Hypnosil for everyone because he's been a bit shaken by the fact that uh, Philip's been murdered. Yes. Um, what's her name? Uh, um, God, I can't read that one. Oh, Elizabeth said, I just put, Elizabeth says, fuck no. Neil says, fuck you back. And then it <laughs> ends up, so they eventually agree to use Hypnosil. But she just lets Neil know that if anything goes wrong, he is solely responsible. Yeah, I think because Neil's, it, although she acts as if she's in charge, Neil really has the the final say on stuff like that. Yeah, sort of. It, it and he seems. also he wants to get into Nancy. Yes, true. Uh, so anyway, Kincaid's in the quiet room. He's trying to stay awake, um, and 
he's singing the song to himself to keep himself awake and then Jennifer's up watching TV. Yeah. Uh, now, here's another little quiz for mm-hmm. you. Uh, did you catch the film that she was watching? Oh, bollocks. No, I didn't. It's another film that we've done. I should have had... This is the final question. Okay. So the film is on. Um, the genre is horror film. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, it's right. So that's it. That was your three-pointer. The two-pointer is... It's an alternative version of Gremlins. Hey, alternative version of Gremlins. It's a bit of a rip off oh, of Gremlins. Yes, there you go. Um, so, um, yeah, Critters is playing on the TV in the background, uh, which is another film that we've talked about. Anyway, she pleads with Max to stay awake, um, and he he lets her. Yeah. Reluctantly. Um, and then the horny attendant, um, Lorenzo, he's basically offering drugs yeah, to Taron. He's, he's got the key to the drug cupboard. So he's like saying, I used to be a junkie. So why don't we go there, get high and I'll fuck you. Mm. And she says, fuck off. Pretty much. Yeah. Which is like, good. Good, yeah. you slimy greaser. Yeah. <laughs> you slimy greaseball. Uh, so anyway, then... Go back to Jennifer, and she's in watching the TV. She's watching it. She's changing the channels. She's watching a talk show now, and she's she finds a cigarette, an empty. It's like a, as a um, what what would you call it? Dog end. A dog end. That's it. Thank you. A dog end. Um, bit Why of a cigarette. Why do you call it a dog end? I don't know. I don't know. Um, we see people like in town centres, like you know, fishing around bins, looking for them, and. Picking them up and smoking them or whatever, yeah. like these tiny little bits of cigarettes that people have left. Yeah, Britain today, and it marvellous. Which is pretty grim. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she does it. She sticks the, she puts it out on her arm because she's drifting off. But she puts it out on her hand to keep her awake, um, which works for a second or two, which you think. Um, but then you cut to the TV show, and um, the, I think it's Dick Cabot. Who yeah. I only know that through reading about him. Uh, talk show. Zaza Gabor. Yes, it's Zaza. Uh, Zaza Gabor. Zaza uh, Gabor. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, ask a question, you know, and uh, and then all of a sudden, Freddie appears in his place and says, who gives a fuck what you think? And then it cuts to, you know, TV turns off, you know, um, and then she approaches the TV, you know, thinking what the hell's going on. And all of a sudden, arms sprout out of the TV set um, grab her, lift her up, pull her in, and then his head pops out with the little antennae on his bon- <laughs> on his bonce. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, um, uh, "Here's your big break in TV, Jennifer." And apparently, he had lived this line. Uh, you know, he's welcome to prime time, bitch. Um, and then smashes her head into the TV. Now, right. I'll ask you first. What? Yes. What? Did you think of this kind of sequence? Because um, uh, this was her thing was she wants to be in TV. She wants yeah. to be a TV star. She wants to be it. an so, actress, a star. And you look at yeah. her and go, you're not going to be a star. You're not. You know, clearly not. No. No. I thought, it was but, quite, I thought it was quite good. Did you remember it much? I remember the primetime bitch bit. As soon as she was watching telly, I knew I, I could remember this one. This seems to be the... Like, I'd forgotten the Puppet Master one. Everyone seems to remember this one uh, as the main kill out of the film. Mm. But I'd argue, actually, that the Puppet Master one's a bit more inventive, but I think it's because of the quote. 
in this yes. one. Everyone, you know, when, this is when Freddie started calling everyone bitch. Yeah. I think. Um, but, uh, Max comes in and finds the body. I want to know, why is no one asking any questions? Because how did she do that to herself? Yeah, exactly did, what I wrote. She took a running jump at a television and headbutted <laughs> it so hard that her head bent through. And then she just left dangling there. There's, there's lots of questions to be answered. <laughs> but no yeah, one no. finds it weird at all. No, because no, again. The, the TV's hanging off the wall. It's got to be about six and a half foot up off the yeah. floor or something. There's no way that... She, how could they chalk this up to a suicide? <laughs> I'll tell you what, if it, if it was, it's a bloody inventive one. You know, it's it's pretty... I don't... I, don't, I, I just don't... Yeah, anyway, it's one of those sort of film logic things. You know, surely they'd be asking a few questions after this. Yeah. Um, but still. Anyway, so, you know, I mean, going back to, to Philip's serious, um, death. So, you know, he sleptwalked. So that's kind of... They attribute that to him sleepwalking. She wanted to be on TV, so what? She killed herself by beating, smashing her head into a telly. It's weird, isn't it? Phil, Phil's death was associated with his with his affliction, whereas hers was associated with her dreams, like mm. what she wanted to be. Surely, if it, it should have stayed with her affliction, she maybe, surely she should have stubbed cigarettes out into her eyeballs until they burnt all the way through into her brain. Yes, yeah, good point. Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Funeral. This seemed to happen quite quickly. Yeah, they didn't uh, give Phil a funeral because he was just a puddle, so they just washed him down the drain with a hose. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, and Neil's there, and then the nun appears and starts chatting to him, and you find out that it's Sister Mary Helena, mm. um, and she says that the unquiet spirit must be laid to rest. Um, but, and she does this this whole Batman thing where she's there one minute and then she's not. <laughs> I didn't think of her as Batman, but you're right. Uh, but yeah. And she's like, you know, she's chatting to Commissioner Gordon and then, you know, one minute he's there and one minute he's not. Um, so then Nancy and Neil are having another fucking meal. I know. But this time it's at her house. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. The first one was public. So she must, you know, she must be up for it because she's invited him back to her. For a coffee. Yeah. And it's not like it's, yeah, they're not sat at a breakfast bar in a bright kitchen. Oh no, they've got the, the big, massive, roaring fire in the background. Oh yes. She set yes. the scene. Yes, um, and so he feels guilty about the kids. Um, he asks about this ornament that she's got, which is a spirit for... Is it a Malaysian dream doll or something? Yeah, stopping bad dreams, that kind of thing. And um, she says that she'll tell him the truth. Um, so, but he's got to be open-minded. And anyway, so the next group therapy session, but without... Yeah, we're, we're like loving these therapy sessions. Oh, God. I mean, fuck me. If I was one of the kids, I'd be like, I can't handle this anymore. Eh? No. I'm, I'm going to top myself. I ain't having another group therapy session. Um, anyway, uh, so there's a... But this time, though, the head nurse isn't there. And so it's just Nancy and Neil leading it, shall we say. Um, and then Nancy tells them all about Freddy. Who he's try, you know, and So he's trying to kill them in the dreams and that... So we know then the time scale between the first film and the third one because it was six years yeah. uh, um, ago that he killed Nancy's friends um, and that they're the last of the Elm Street kids, um, which is why he wants to kill them. Yeah. So what so what does Freddie do when he kills them all? Does he just go, does he retire at that point or? I what, think what he just he goes, do? I think he just sits down and goes, Struth, my work here is done. <laughs> time to put a shrimp on the barbie. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's a bit of an odd one that I've always. I mean, there's I suppose there's always kids to kill, but what's his motivation at this yeah. point? You know, if he probably sits in front of the mirror, what's my motivation in this scene? <laughs> well, yeah, what is my motivation for carrying uh, on with this endeavour? Uh, so, but no, anyway, the, Kristen is the key to bring them all into the dream. And yeah. they all discover that they've got... It's like, you know, everyone's got a special talent, haven't they? They've well, all got special powers. Yeah. Uh, so they do the group hypnosis to get them to go to... Or they try to, anything yeah, which, is, which is a pendulum with a light bulb behind it. Yeah, they think it didn't work, but actually it did. But yes. Joey, the wandering fuck... Um, he he's like, oh, fuck this for a game of fucking soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't listening to these bollocks anymore. <laughs> I've got a nurse I want to fucking yeah. watch and crack one off over. Yeah, the nurse sort of gives him the eye from outside, and he follows her out like a like a horny whippet. Yeah, this it's all his fault. Because and, and to be fair, that like I said, the head nurse is probably right because he's there. He's probably probably constantly wanking, uh, you know, over this nurse who's who you know he thinks he can, he can do it quietly as well. <laughs> he's interested um so anyway but this time around she beckons him on yes. um and um you know she met, she leads him into a room she says that she likes him anyway neil's there he's playing what do you call those things with the balls oh, that you are clack they, together are they, cats, are they cats cradles are they oh anyway Is it's it one of those yeah ball tink, things. tink thing like four balls on things and you and you pull one off uh, why do i keep saying pull one off <laughs> You're obsessed. You need fucking therapy. (laughs) You pull it back and you let it go and the one on the other end dinks, doesn't it? Does that? But they all start floating. Yeah. So then realize it's real realize it's a dream. Actually, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Will Describe their powers then. Yeah, well Will, who at this point, I don't know why, looks he reminded me of a really young Stephen King. Oh right, okay. Don't know why. Yeah, so glasses um, possibly, but yeah. His power is that he can walk. Oh, and he's also a wizard master. Oh, yeah. You know, fine. Um, and he turns, the, he turns one of the balls into a butterfly. Doesn't oh, he? he does. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Kirsten can do some minor gymnastics, which I just consider. I consider that a lack of ambition, <laughs> if I'm honest. I mean, yeah. I suppose her main power is that she can pull people into her dreams. Fair yeah. enough. Or but pull then people basically, off in her dreams. Yeah. yeah. She, she does a. Uh, a few flips across the room. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's your fucking dream. Yeah. Surely, I mean, my dream when I was a kid, you know, wanting to fly like Superman yeah. or something. I could fly. I could throw fireballs. I could do anything. But, uh, yeah. I'll do, I'll do a reasonable front flip. Yeah. I say lack of ambition. Uh, King Cade is strong in his dreams. So he yeah. bends a chair. Seems to struggle a little bit, if I'm honest. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> If yeah. I was thinking I'm the most powerful man in the world in my dreams, I'm not. I, I'm just. I'm getting that chair. I'm crumpling it up into something the size of a marble. Yes. And I'm throwing it through a window. I'm punching holes through walls. You know, I'm. I'm just doing anything. But he struggles to bend a chair leg. Fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And apparently, Taryn is a punk whore. <laughs> oh, Taryn is a prostitute. Yeah. Um. I want to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah oh punk and you look a bit like a bit like a sex worker and you've got two of the smallest flick knives you could ever have in your pockets yeah she's bad and she's beautiful and she's yeah. got um a mohawk yeah and um again but, lack of ambition yeah but i so i'm not saying that it's been grim and death and whatever but i suppose you've had these two deaths that have happened in fairly close succession i thought this is quite a nice little scene you know it's a bit goofy but yeah. They're all kind of happy for the first time in ages. That you've 
every time you've seen them up until this point, they've all been, either been crying or there's been angst or they've been anxious or they've been scared or whatever. But actually, this is the first time you actually see them happy, you know. Yeah. Which I thought was quite a nice little thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice. Again, Will, I mean, at least he's, I mean, his power, I know he can't walk, so obviously power to walk, but surely it wouldn't be, I don't want to just walk, I want to be the fastest runner in the world and the best dancer in the world, as well <laughs> as a wizard master. Yeah, I want to be the Flash. I want to float. I want to yeah, fly. Just, I want to. They all dream very small. Yeah, which is which is sad for sad, them, but they're happy. Sad, yeah. But uh, well, anyway, fucking um, Joey's dream, dirty little fuck, is his <laughs> 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 base. His dream is he just wants to shag this nurse because yeah. anyway, she starts stripping off, um, and you know you get a nice bit of boob and thong. Yeah, um, uh, which, which apparently right, right. in the quite a high riding thong as well isn't it so. it is yeah and apparently in the video uh or in, in the tv version of this she's got a bra on which would have been a bit disappointing so they actually uh, filmed two two versions of it then they must have done yeah um so now um so slight admission here so uh being 1987 11 i think that's probably mm-hmm. the, the the year that i started to masturbate um and um to the k's catalogue um <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why you married someone called Kay, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, anyway, so things like this and uh, Hellraiser, which I think actually came out in the same year, possibly. Anyway, so there's a sex scene in Hellraiser, but it, it happens literally seconds before something horrible happens. Yeah. So in this scene where you've got this, you know, this really beautiful nurse who's got a lovely body and whatever and she gets her tits out and she's got a thong and she's all sexy and kissing him and whatever and so there's always that point where I need to finish quickly (laughs) I knew you were going to say that I need to get this done before the horrible shit happens Uh, if if I finish off five seconds later does that mean I've got a problem it, yeah, it doesn't leave a lot of time because it, just as it's all get, going lovely and everything and Joey's really enjoying himself, um, you, you see um, that her face twists and contorts because he gags on, on you know, and he's like, oh, God, what's fucking going on here? And her face twists and contorts. This is quite a nice little practical effect as well because yeah. they must have had like a prosthetic or a, a puppet tongue. Yeah, either that or he's Gene Simmons' child, one of the two. It's in his mouth, and he's holding up to it probably with his teeth or something, and she pulls away, which makes it look like it's about, I don't know, six inches or seven inches. And and then, so she then pulls away, and then she shoots more tongues out of her mouth, which tie him up, his his arms and legs. And then Freddy appears. Um, And this is his first one-liner. No, actually, it's his second, because he had the primetime bitch. So he says, uh, feeling tongue-tied, Joey. Um, and then the bed gives away, but he can't scream, and it just like there's a floor of uh, sorry, there's a pit of fire and yeah. shit. Do you th- do you think the bloke who played Joey read the script, got to this scene, and was like, "Get in"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's probably thinking oh, as no, well. I, I weren't feeling that take. Can we do it again, please? He's also probably thinking, "This is the easiest fucking job ever. I've yeah, got no I'm lines. paid for this. Take I'm thirty-seven. Getting, I'm getting it. paid to have say nothing." Apart from yeah. once, um, one line I think I've got in the entire film, but I get to get off with a nice woman, yeah. you know, happy days. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, 
back in the room um, and um, it all starts going tits up uh, and because like the room starts to change starts to burn and crush them uh, and they all get scared uh, and then the head nurse appears and Joey's in a coma yeah yeah because yeah she wakes them all up doesn't she like what's going on here then yes and, uh, yeah, Joey's uh, in a coma the boss is there is it Carver it must be like the, the either the owner or the well, he's, he seems to be Neil and and Elizabeth's boss. He's not. He's not too chuffed. No. Right, so, so he fires them both. Fire, there and then. Yeah. yeah. Fires uh, Neil. Does he fire Nancy? Is she, cause yeah. Yeah. She'd no. still be on probation. So. Well, she's be been there less than a week. Yeah. She. I mean, she ain't having had time. What's the name? Um, yeah, she hasn't Max. even got her office yet because Max didn't bother <laughs> to clear a fucking closet anywhere. Yeah, you're probably thinking, oh, Max has... Actually, that's the day he's got her office together and then it finds out that she's been fired. <laughs> oh, oh, I spent hell. all week putting that <laughs> potpourri in there and making it smell nice for her and she's only gone and got herself fired. Silly bitch. Anyway, um, so there, yeah, Neil's packing his stuff away into his car uh, and he sees a picture of him and the two dead kids. <laughs> yeah. What a coincidence that, that that's the one that falls out. Uh, him. Yeah. Lounging under a tree with a can of Diet Coke. Was Diet Coke a sponsor of this film? I don't know. Uh, possibly. But, yeah. Philip's looking really happy. Jennifer's looking like she really doesn't want to be in that photo. No. Uh, he's got a little carton of juice, I noticed as well. Um, yeah. So, oh, anyway. Yeah, sorry, he's a carton of juice, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're quite right. Uh, he sees the nun at the window where uh, Philip fell from. So, he breaks the door open to go and investigate. And uh, so, he goes into this kind of like... It's a bit like um, oh, what do you call them? Like a, a staircase, a spiral staircase. Yeah, like you find in a lighthouse or something. That's it. And so he, he investigates. He sees the sister. Like it's all derelict. There's, you know, there's nothing up there. It's all kind of old and fallen into rack and ruin. And yeah, uh, fair, fair play to him because because there's a flock of inside pigeons, which you often get in films like this, where they <laughs> fly. But he doesn't shit himself. <laughs> I he shit just, myself a little bit. But, yeah, he yeah. just looks at them like they're a minor annoyance. And I was like, fair play. Usually people shit themselves when pigeons start flapping about. But he's, yeah, he's just like, no, fucking pigeons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he sees her lighting a candle and she tells him the story of how Freddy came about, which as a kid kind of didn't really pay much attention to, if I'm honest with you. But listening to the story now of this young uh, There's some gross negligence going on, isn't there? Really? This young woman who got locked in the asylum over with a hun- Christmas, no less. In the ho- yeah, over over the holiday period with a hundred mentally ill men maniacs. I mean, yeah. why there'd be a hundred fucking men in this? And you know, but anyway, how big is yeah, this place? In this room at the top of a tower. Yes. Yeah. And the they worst all ra- of the worst. Apparently, they all raped her over a hundred times constantly yeah. and uh, they hid her. So even when they, she would have been looked for, they, they hid her and she was barely, barely alive. So she would have been beaten and raped. Yeah. She was a proper cum dumpster by the time they'd finished. And, and that's how Freddie came about. And I think that's the first time you hear how Freddie, uh, his backstory. How yeah. Well, she Freddie calls him born. the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Yes. That's not how biology works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was Amanda Kruger. And so and so I was watching this the other day. And, I, you know, 
you, you know the origin of Freddy. And like I said, I've watched this film loads mm-hmm. of times and then, you you know, but it's never really not hit me because I didn't I wasn't shocked or shattered by it or anything like that. But I was thinking I was thinking about it, thinking, God, that's fucking horrible. You know, it is horrible. I mean, because I was look- thinking about it. I was thinking as an adult thinking, Jesus, that's nasty. That's grim. You know, that's a proper horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But it, if, that, think, if that happened, that place is getting closed down and everyone involved is getting sued quite a lot and is probably in prison. Yeah, it's it's not good. But also, you think... I mean, I don't think they, they did anything about that in the remake, but in in the, the, the films of nowadays, if they were to do, let's say, a Freddy prequel in some way or something like that, they would potentially go down that route of showing or portraying this this horrible... Yeah image you know uh but anyway it's grim um so she says the remains of freddie must be found and buried in hallowed ground um and then she walks off and she does a fucking batman again <laughs> she batman's nearly again <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then uh nancy's in the uh hospital sitting next to joey and she says oh, let go of him you bastard and then the knife marks start to appear on his chest and his stomach saying, come and get him, bitch, which I thought was lovely. That was yeah, good. Lovely. But again, so the next nurse who goes in there is going to see that and go, what the fuck has happened here? <laughs> yeah. You've been cutting him, you know. Um, so what, what, what did you think at this point? Did it, was all this coming back to you? Did you remember much about it or? <sighs> Bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. I mean, I knew the I knew the backstory. I've, I've, I think I saw that in comic form. I think I'm sure they relayed that in the comic version of um, Freddy's Dead. They go over his uh, origins again. There's nothing like nothing like that as a graphic novel. That was pleasant. Yeah. Wasn't they? She didn't show much, but the you know, I didn't need pictorial form to realise that that is as grim as fuck. But yeah. uh, odds and sods, I remember of this, but I'm still. I'm still waiting for the bit where it's about the dream warriors, where, you know, yeah. et cetera. Yes, absolutely. So uh, anyway, then Nancy's trying to convince Neil that they need to go into the dream. Um, they're trying to find out what, what's happened to Freddie's body, and but only one man knows. Yes. Um, and again, hospital now. There's, there's lots of kind of... It jumps around a little bit now. Yeah, very I suppose we're, scenes, isn't it? We're into the sort of like finale now, the final sort of... 25 minutes or so um and uh it picks up the pace a little bit so the the kids are all freaking out and kristen's been taken to the quiet room being sedated um and then you get to the bar and nancy's dad's there john saxon is like i said i think he's got a sheriff's he's not a lieutenant he's not a detective anymore or whatever he's he's not he doesn't look high up because he's he's drunk and he's He's getting drunk. I, yeah. He's drinking a can of beer in a pub, which I thought was a bit weird. You see, well, you see that every now and then. It's usually Red Stripe that they do in Oh, bars. fucking Red Stripe's horrible. Yeah. But yeah, he's got a beer and a chaser, so... Which seems to be a thing, because I've seen that in quite a lot of American television. They order a beer and, like, a whiskey chaser. Yeah. That's something I've never d- ever done. No. Or seen I mean, anyone I've, do. I've drank, let's say, three or four beers, and then I've oh, had... You rascal. <laughs> and then I've you know had a Jack Daniels or something, but not sort of like had a beer and then washed it down with a a chaser. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a hardcore drinker, obviously. Um, so then um, it's clear that they haven't seen each other for a long time, um, and he d- he doesn't believe that Fred Krueger's back. 
and he refuses to tell understandable, them. understandable, to be fair, since he burnt the body and someone says he's back again. You'd be like, what? Yeah. Uh, he's a drunk. He, he's obviously not come to terms with what happened to no. his wife and, you know, everything that happened, uh, what was it, five or six years ago? Um, mm. So then Neil gets paged from the hospital um, and I, before I realised he was on the other end of the phone, I'm thinking, yeah, you were fired. Who's fucking calling you? That's exactly what I thought. I thought, why are they, why are they trying to get him back in again? Um, but it turns out that it's Taryn and she's saying what's going on um, and she's panicking. And then Nancy Lee goes to leave. Um, but then Neil, he, he grows a set of balls, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes, goes in, you know, takes the local sheriff and picks him up by his collar and slams him against the wall and says... We're going on a scavenger hunt. Yes. Uh, and, and so then Kristen's trying to stay awake. Uh, Nancy's in the car on her way. Uh, Neil goes to get some holy water from a church, as well as a cross. Yeah. Yeah, just thinks, oh, fuck it, I'll nick a crucifix as well. Gets gets collared by the vicar. Yeah. And uh, says, no, 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 it's okay. I'll bring it back. Here's my driving license. <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't got any money. He goes to reimburse him, but he hasn't got any money. Um so, yeah, Nancy's now at the hospital. Max won't let her past um, to see Kristen because... And he even says, you know, I've got orders, but also I wouldn't let you near her because of what's happened, etc. Yeah. Well, but she's, she's a, like... Yeah. Can I see the rest of them, though? Because I won't get a chance again. And he's like, oh, go on then. I'll give oh, you yeah, five that's minutes. Fine. Don't, yeah, fuck it. Don't worry about that. I don't give a shit about them, but you're not seeing Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Seriously? Um, anyway, um, so then... Neil and um, her dad are at the scrapyard looking for the bones. Yes. Uh, and yeah, uh, good, good luck with that. I mean, there's a million cars in there. Yes. Uh, and then Nancy gets the other kids together in the group room, in the group therapy room again, uh, saying they've got to go into the dream. But she gives them the rules this time. She says, look, if you die in the dream, it's real. And she gives them all the choice. Do you want yeah. to come? Uh, and he they do. He wants to kick the motherfucker's ass. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then they're in the quiet room. Kristen's in the, the uh, sorry, Kristen's in the quiet room. Um, and then she starts to fall asleep because she's been sedated. So she's got no, she's defenseless against Freddy at this point. Yeah. Um, and then the, all hell breaks loose. There's the walls start getting shredded. Oh, everyone's uh, but, in with her all of a sudden, aren't they, as well, though? When she wakes, she, yeah, she falls asleep, wakes up, they're all there, and she's like, yay. Oh, here. that's right. Yes, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. then, yeah, then all hell breaks loose and, and slashes start to appear in the walls and feathers start going everywhere. I, I, I didn't catch what Kirsten starts shouting. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm but they sure. all, but they all, that seems to separate them all. She says, help me or something. Yeah. Um, and, um, she wakes up and we're at the start of the film. Yeah. So, uh, do you recall this? Do you, do you remember what was going to happen or? No, not, not a sausage. I mean, I ah. knew, I knew obviously that it wasn't the start of the film, that it was all going to go awry again and she hasn't really woken up and it's all been a dream. Yeah. It's quite cool though. I thought it's because it's exactly the same scene, exactly the same dialogue. Yeah. Very slightly changes, but generally speaking, the mom, mom, the whore mom comes into the room, you know, tells her to turn the music off, go to bed, you know, and then you get the bloke well, downstairs. Yeah. Still, still got a semi and trying, you know, finding out where the bourbon is. Yeah. Um, but this time around, because she sort of like has this line where she said, uh, 
what does she say? Is it in the? I'll be down in a minute, or it's in the drawer. I think she or... says I'll be down in a minute. Yeah. Um. However, this time round, she gets pulled out of the door, um, and then Freddie appears, uh, in the bedroom, sort of does this slice or stabbing action, cuts yeah. her head off. Um, and then Freddie's wearing a tux. Yeah, he's all suited and booted, isn't he? Look, looks the part. Um, and then, sort of, then you get this. It, it's obviously a little bit of a dodgy effect, but it's basically the mom's head. It, cut, it sort of like cuts between two, doesn't it? Like a puppet head, but yeah. then this kind of effect head where the the the, the uh, decapitated head is screaming at Kristen, saying, "You ruin everything, you fucking bitch," or stuff like that. You know, to that effect. Yeah, basically, just being. An arsehole. Yes. Um, and then, you know, Freddy's after fighting against um, Kristen, trying to, you know... Freddy's a bit fucking useless sometimes, isn't he? He I is, think... isn't he? He's a bit lumbering, isn't he? He kind of just we... lurches. He sells all his moves too much. He, yeah, he, just... he, he jumps for a stab or whatever, and then yeah. they manage to jump out the way, and then he gets smashed over the head with something, and then... Yeah. Goes for a big arching slash, and someone just takes a step back. Yeah. And he misses. But no, Kirsten does a wall jump. And, yes, uh, she's pretty good, and, uh, and jumps through a window. Yeah, goes down the stairs because then she turns out she's not at home. She's back in Freddy's house again, obviously. Yeah, um, and then you go to Taryn, who's uh, the punk prostitute. Yeah, I put uh, Taryn, who's punk slut. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's in an alleyway, and um, so you know, then she, she as she turns around, the wall sort of like builds behind her or closes behind her and it's she's she's in a, an alley she's a dead end now yeah. uh, but it says freddy ver uh, P- freddy plus taron on the you yeah, know the graffiti in a, in a or whatever. heart isn't it on the wall yeah um and then she gets her knives out and this drunk startles her but it's not freddy um but then he appears behind her um and they have a little fight she yeah. stabs him in the armpit yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he slashes her top of her thigh. But yeah, stabs her the armpit. I'd never considered that. and thought, that would fucking hurt. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Because it's quite soft, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Um, because your armpit's in a bit, it would actually end up, you'd end up penetrating quite deep into your body if you had a decent sized knife. But like we said, Taryn's got a lack of ambition and has got like, what, a one inch blade at most? I was going to say, it's probably two or three three inches at the, mo- at the most. I'm being generous. Um, but his voice changes as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so then he gets, again, this is preying on her weakness, isn't it? Um, yeah. because of the, he's, so instead of having knives on one hand, it's actually all of his hands now, yeah. all of his fingers and his thumbs. They're all hypodermic needles. Yeah. And they're all filled with like nuke out of Robocop 2 or something, this luminous blue <laughs> liquid. Yeah. And uh, then all, all our little arm minges to start. <laughs> <laughs> What flapping for these needles? It's disgusting. It's, it's nasty. Yeah, all these little mouths are going. Mwah, 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 feed me, feed me. Um, 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 um. And so, anyway, it's like these sucking wounds. They're nasty. Yeah, gagging for some penetration. It's horrendous. Uh, and so he, you know, he stabs her in these these or old um, uh, what what do you call it? track marks? Uh, yes. Where where she, you know, used to shoot up or whatever yeah. and, uh, and it just says like oh let's get high or something oh this is all what a rush doesn't it that's really? it oh, well, kind of like this is all this is the freddy that i remember from the yeah. film so it's like the first hour you don't really get to see much of freddy and then the, the last 30 minutes it's all freddy you know it's all this is what freddy's going to be for the next 
well for the rest of the series basically yes. I think um, and but, yeah, there there goes one of our mighty dream warriors yeah I mean that's the thing see right so I mean obviously we've got to get to Will as next but it's fuck me they get wiped out pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. if you dream I I'm sure in four they give it a go and give him a bit of a spanking for a bit, or maybe even at the end they give him a twatting. But I was think I I must be getting that one mixed up with this one because I thought they all give it a pretty good go, but no, dead, no, no, dead. Pretty, she's in pretty, a powerful yeah. form and she's just straight away done in, and then Will, yeah, useless Will. Will, so Will's in a, this corridor and Freddie's at the end of the, the the corridor. He's laughing at him in his wheelchairs changed into this torture device yeah. um and you know it's so it this ch- chair starts to charge at will and stabs him in the leg and he, he freddie says something like you know oh have a seat uh and he's, he's taunting him isn't he? he's got it's yeah. the chair for you uh, like, no i'm the wizard master and he gets yeah. up and he sort of looks like a well, he ends up wearing a cape. He looks like a cross between Bella Lugosi and Emperor Palpatine. As I say, he looks like a, a, a knockoff vampire yeah. because of his cape. And he's he fires uh, lightning out of his fingers at Freddy. Yeah, well, he blows up the chair. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah, it does that, yeah. He kind of... The look on Freddy's face, he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's like, what, what the fuck is this? I'm in trouble here. Um, and then he starts zapping Freddy with, with his... And makes a fatal error. Rather, yeah. He's got him at a distance. He's zapping fuck out of him. So you're thinking, oh, I'm doing all right here. So what does he do? Move closer. Yeah. He gets, be better gets off within just... range of somebody yeah. who's got a close range weapon. <laughs> yeah. He should have just <laughs> upped his power rather than moving closer. Yeah. So you know, this is our second dream warrior. So he gets close to him and then Freddy just picks him up by his neck and then just stabs him. Yeah, well, I quite like the way he says it. he picks him up by it. his neck. He picks him up by some wires that are hanging off his costume. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do quite like the what Freddie says though. He uh, he says something like, "Sorry, I don't I'm, I don't believe in fairy tales." Before yeah. stabbing him, uh, yeah. which is cool. Um, so now can, Kirsten, uh, Kristen, and Nancy are teaming up, and then Kirk uh, Kincaid bursts through the wall. Which you think he's Freddie? Yeah. yeah, is he uh, dressed as Mister T in the A Team at this point? Uh, yeah, he is because he's got like a. A vest top on. Like a red vest top and some, like, um, suspenders and jeans. I'm sure it's the same clothes that Mr. T wears um, in the title sequence of the A-Team when he turns around in that car and looks moodily at the camera. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just thought, just... that's a bit harsh. You've you've dressed the one black character as a famous black character. Yeah, you, you need him. You just need a mohawk and some jewellery yeah. and you're, you're there, aren't you? Um... Though he does shout, Kruger pussy. <laughs> Yeah, no. So he's he's taunting um, uh, Kruger, and he, he calls him a burnt face pussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then he soon shuts up because there's like a door that appears behind them, and yeah. um, they enter it, and uh, they're back to the scrapyard, and they find the resting spot of the bones, which is in the back, black of a red caddy. Now yes. I always thought that this was a re- I don't know if this was a reference to Christine. Christine, yeah, I wondered the same thing. Because it's a red car, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, um, the uh, the dad goes to leave, but Neil's got the keys um, in his pocket, and he says, "Like you know, you're not going anywhere. We're going to bury uh, Freddie." Um, so, but we're back in the dream world, which is like it's it's the uh, boiler it's room. The, yeah, it's kind of a twisted version of the boiler room, isn't it? So it's sort of 
boiler room apparatus, but with a with a slightly twisted geography to it. Yeah, um, but they spot Joey um, above this pit, and then Freddie appears, and and Nancy says, "Oh, let him go," and he does this thing where he goes, "Yo, your wish is my command," kind of thing, um, and the tongue starts to loosen, yeah. and that uh, Nancy grabs him in time. Uh, Kristen has a little fight, does a little flip kick, uh, or kick him. Freddie's getting playful, isn't he? Because when he says, your wish is my command, Freddie out of Freddie 1 would just make all the tongues undo at once and just send him into the pit. Whereas yeah. Freddie and Freddie 3, now he's a bit more playful. He does them one at a time. Just just enough time for Nancy to... You know when she's running down that pipe? Yeah. She sort of... It shows up a close-up of her feet. She starts slipping and she sort of her legs go outwards at one point. And I thought, is she gonna? Are her legs gonna splay, and she's gonna end up minge sliding her way down the pipe. <laughs> and then you'll just hear the same sound as um, Freddie scraping his uh, claws on the metal. As she goes down. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then so Kristen's fighting off Freddie while Nancy is helping Joey up with Kincaid's help as well. Yeah, but then so she kicks Freddie, and then. Again, this is fucking ridiculous, but Freddie does one of those kind of like martial arts flip-ups. Um, yeah. Which is a bit odd. Um, and then he, he knocks down Kristen. Um, Kincaid hits him, but he grabs Kincaid by the throat. Yeah, and then that, him that, with a pipe, doesn't he? And then those, those pesky it. wires come back and lift Kincaid off the ground. Yeah, but then Nancy s- slams a spike through his stomach. And he looks hurt. Yeah. Uh, at first, but then he kind of laughs, um, pulls it out of his stomach and licks the blood, which I thought was yeah. quite fun. The blood doesn't really show up because it's all in red light. Yes. Um, and Nancy's like, oh, he's never been this strong before. You know, what, what's going on? And, he, he, you know, he says, oh, it's the souls of all the children. And it's this, I, I like this. I thought it was a cool effect. Yeah. He's done this before, hasn't he? In, in, the, in the sequels to this. I'm sure he does. Yeah, he, he, does, he does it in number four. Yeah, because... At one point in number four, that I don't always remember that, um, it, it's, it turns one of the blokes in that into a meatball on a pizza. Yeah. And he skewers oh, it. And he's, his, yeah. he swallows it like, a tasty little meatball. Oh, sorry. That's a tasty little meatball. <laughs> and when he undoes his shirt, his face is amongst all the other squirmy, screaming faces and his, on his uh, torso of terror. Yeah. And I'm sure that there was a, a picture of this in Fangoria, which I remember... <laughs> scene but uh yeah it's basically these are all the, the that's what's making him strong is because it's all the souls of the children yeah uh, which is killed uh but it's all, all the faces are alive aren't they they're all screaming in pain yeah. or they're all you know. dribbling as well they're all yeah i'll notice that one of them is drooling which is nasty um anyway he realizes that somebody's fucking with his skeleton and his bones um, yeah how does he know he, i don't know it's like there's a connection between his his bones yeah. and I don't know. Anyway. Well, people say, well, I can feel it in my bones. So maybe it's actually a thing. Yeah. And uh, so he disappears and he leaves them to it. And then Neil and the dad are startled because uh, there's noises and all the cars start to freak out. Um, and the lights go off on them, the window wipers, or they all start, you know, all these cars. They get trapped as well, don't yeah. they? Um, and then a skeleton hand grabs Neil and attacks him. Yeah. And we get a nice little Ray Harryhausen moment. Yeah, so it turns into Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, uh, how, if if Freddy has the power to do this, why did he not just manifest as his skeleton anyway and just boot himself out of the car and just go on a 
physical killing spree? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, maybe they needed to be messed with, so to speak. <laughs> I, um, think, I think they're just, gone, they're just going mad at this point in the film. They're just thinking, oh, fuck it, anything goes now. Yeah, uh, because we we get... The, so Nancy's dad goes, oh, you son of a bitch, not again, or whatever, and goes to attack him. Um, he Does gets he stabbed. him by the balls? Yeah, see, I think he goes to stab him in the stomach, but he, it's quite low, isn't it? It looks yeah. too low to, for the stomach. It looks more like he's groin. Um, and then he picks him up and throws him against the spiky bit of the car, which, you know, so he's yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a shame, yeah. but still. Yeah. And then he then he just starts twatting Neil with a spade or shovel. Uh, so th- this all reminded me of, and I know it came later, but uh, do you remember um, uh, Army of Darkness? Yeah. Uh, where yeah. they're fighting the Deadites and it's, you know, medieval and whatever. And it's all a bit daft at this point, isn't it? It's a bit silly because he twats Neil into the grave and then he stick he what throws three shovels worth I thought he was gonna bury him, but he just shovels three three loads of sh- dirt back on him again. Yeah. And then he goes like, Yay <laughs> Woo! He does. I'm one, I'm a skeleton, etc. And then just vanishes. Yeah, collapses right. into the onto the floor. The thing finish, is right. Finish so- the job, Freddy, you idiot. Yeah, so he does, he lets out this kind of like, he, he goes, like he lifts his, like somebody scored a goal at a football match and they go, yay! <laughs> and he goes, yeah! And then he collapses. Um, uh, anyway, so now we're back in the dream. Now this kind of weird corridor of mirrors um, and the mirrors come t- to life and it's all Freddy and they, they turns out like they grab uh, the kids. Yeah. Um, and then Joey's there with them because he's been freed at this point. But and he's, he's scared. cowering in a corner, isn't he? Like a little yeah. puppy. And we find out what Joey's power is, um, which is he can scream and he's got a really loud scream. Yeah. Uh, and it, it damages all of the 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 mirrors and breaks them. Yeah. And they all and burst out. And flying back out again. Yeah. Uh, his, dream, his dream power is shouting. Yes, like, and, and well, speaking. Well, speaking and shouting, that's his dream power. It's like, well, you could do that in real life. You just choose not to yeah. somewhere in your head. Yeah, he, he's only the dream power. He's, he'd, he'd have like a massive cock or something because <laughs> it's so fucking yeah. horny. Yeah, I need to impress the nurse. So I've got 14 inches of throbbing <laughs> destruction down there. Uh, so anyway, well, they think they've won at this point. And yeah, like, why? Seriously? Really? Yeah. Just because you've broken some mirrors. Well done. Yeah. Um, but, but And then, then Ghost Dad floats down in sparkles on wires. Yes. Um, and <laughs> and Nancy falls for it. Uh, but I don't get, she goes, ah, hello, I passed over. She's like, passed over? Yes. I just wanted to let you know that I've always loved you. I love you too, Daddy. Yeah. And everyone's like, ah, oh, this is sweet. Yeah, let's like, have a no, hug. You do realise it means he's dead. Yes. This this isn't sweet at all. This is tragic. Um yeah. And so they're all they're all happy. They're hugging. But then all of a sudden she's stabbed in the stomach. Yep. By Freddy. Uh Neil wakes up a little bit. He's a bit groggy. Uh and then Kristen gets attacked by Freddy. Nancy grabs him, stabs him with his own claw. Um and then they're having a bit of a tussle. Neil manages to slowly push push the bones into the the pit, the yeah. hole, the hole, uh, and then puts the holy water in, sprays the holy water onto the, which then affects Dr- Freddy in the dream world because he's then 
uh, all light shoots out of his body where the holy water has hit him. Uh, and then uh, he puts the cross on the forehead, um, yeah. which, you know, it's a bit well, proper supernatural kind of vampire style territory here, I think. Yeah. Uh, In the dream world, Freddy spins around on the spot until he disappears. Yeah. Um, and then Nancy dies in Kristen's arms and Kristen's crying. And it's pretty sad, I thought. Because um, yeah. Kristen and Nancy have got this connection that, that's yeah. cl- clear throughout the whole film. Yeah. And Kristen's then just saying, I'll dream you into a beautiful dream. Yes. It'll all be okay. Yeah. No dead funeral. Yeah. Because uh, that's it. You know, at the funeral, um, Neil's there with the surviving kids. Um the nun's in the background and Neil follows her to a grave. Um, and she does the, the, the amazing trick of it's the grave of Amanda Kruger, who was also Sister Mary Helena. Who'd have thunk it? I know. I, ooh, I didn't see that one come in. Didn't you? Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just checking. Um, so then we go to Neil's room in his house. He's asleep. Uh, he's got the paper mache house in his bedroom with the dream guardian from Nancy's. Yeah. They all love this pa- paper mache house, don't they? Everyone wants it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why would you and... want it? Why would you want it? I don't know. Oh. Shit. Yeah. I'll have, I'll, I'll have that model of a house where I know the person I liked was murdered. Yeah. And I've been traumatized by all these fucking horrific things. Yeah. Um, and I suppose just as a way to show that, you know, the series is going to continue. Potentially, the light comes on in the house. Yeah, this. Oh, sorry, this all would have been like a post a post credit sequence now. Yeah, but no, no, but yeah, yeah. light comes on. Da, 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 ten, yeah, ten up film. Yeah, and that's it. Um, and oh, and I looked at like I said, I looked at the um the running time. So we're an hour and twenty eight minutes at this point. So, you know, um, that's a lean film as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, so, your pick. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? I quite enjoyed it, I'd say. I think in my head, I'm getting this one on four mixed up. I thought this is the one where Freddie... Well, he does kind of. You start to see the, the change in him at the end, you know, with the one-liners and stuff, and he becomes more involved, but... I was. I thought this was the one where it was. This is where he started to be less of a horror thing and more of a, like you said, like an anti-hero. But he's still firmly in the baddie camp in this film. Um, but I was surprised at how little he's in it. Like you said, he's he's used incredibly sparingly. Um, whether that was to keep tension up or whether it was Robert Englund only agreed to be, you know, have the makeup on for maybe like two days or something or three days. Possibly. Um, that said, the name the Dream Warriors is slightly misleading because they are not warriors in any way, shape or form. They're more or less pretty useless. Yeah. Um, but there's some good, there's some good, there's some good kills in here. You've obviously got the TV one, which is, which is iconic in the series. Um, it's probably the most famous one apart outside of um, Johnny Depp's Fountain of Blood Out of the Bed. Oh yeah. Oh, and the hilarious mum pull into the window, but that's for a different reason. But it's probably out of all the sequels, that's the one that people remember. But the puppetry one was well done. I thought some of the effects at the start of the film, when 
uh, when the worms going around all the walls and that the, the the way the room sort of starts to or the plaster and that comes off the wall and everything I thought that was all well done even though the rug was a bit cheap but I thought the rest was all nicely done because it was like I said a practical effects you don't have to go massive with them they could they're just nice because they exist and you can see that they exist yeah it's a good thing um yeah it was all right it was all right it it wasn't brilliant but I, you know I don't regret watching it at all it's quite it was quite fun it was quite, um, no, pretty well done there was some tension but like I said because I thought this was the a more comedic film as as a whole in my head then I was never you know, never frightened by it but I've already said I was never really frightened by the films anyway but um yeah no I I, I thought it was all right yeah I think I, so I rated this uh three and a half on letterboxd um because i i think like you i enjoyed watching it and i i enjoyed the you know going back to it and there's some some stuff in there which is pretty memorable um uh, and then you know it's uh it's got some good stuff in and whatever and like you said it's that dawning of freddie becoming this massive thing you know um, yeah, like a cultural icon of the time yeah and and sort just of. um becoming a huge huge star at this point and then the next film made a lot a lot more money and whatever and became even more popular or whatever and it just carried and then it's like you know but it was so weird because like you said i kind of it's a film of not two halves but i don't know it's it's a strange one isn't it because you you don't get to see him a lot no <laughs> whereas it was all about him in the sequels wasn't it you know yeah. um so but um, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. I, I think, like I said, I still regard it as, a, I suppose, the true sequel to the first one because it finishes that line of, you know, what happened to um, Nancy, what happened to yeah. her dad and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it was good to know. But, yeah, I might uh, go back and watch two because I'm sure that's just an unusual sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I might watch uh, four as well, just to see <laughs> to see what then happened. I'm, I don't re- don't recall ever really liking number five that much. But. No, I, I don't remember liking five much either. So, uh, but there you go. Right. Um, yes. So I've been. I must admit, I've been struggling a little bit to to think about what to watch. Go ping, ping in between going from an Oscar-winning film, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> we done one of them. No, to like a really but bu- low budget schlocky kind of um, martial arts film, to um, a eighties teen sex comedy, um, which I I would have p- probably picked had it been available. I mean, I've got it on DVD, but I don't know if you have. And of course, you have, you dirty bastard. Uh, so um, there's that. But based on our discussion tonight i'm really keen to revisit another elm street film Uh, i'm giving it away but um yeah i think i'd like to go back and rewatch uh wes craven's new nightmare Mm. if that's if that's all right with you i know it's it's two freddy films but i do think that they are very different um in terms of their tone and everything so no, that'd be that'd be interesting. Like I said, I think I've only seen it um, once. I think so. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And also because we know it, like I said, that was a film within a film um, set up. You know, a lot of a lot some of the stuff that was used in Scream and that to to good effect. So yeah, no, that'd be interesting. Yeah, 
So we'll do that. We'll um, and then. Well, I'm not saying we're never going to do another Freddy film, but we'll, you know, we could always go back and watch four at some point. But um, yeah, well, at least that way we've we've kind of we've done a couple of Freddy films, haven't we? So yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. Right. Pardon me. Uh, we did actually get one correspondent for this. Oh, did, which did we? I've just put in the bottom of the document. So do you want to take Have you? it? Yeah. Uh, diddly diddly do. Did, uh, did we? Yeah, it's right at, the, right at the bottom. Oh, yes. Right. Okay, it's a short, short one. Uh, it's from Sammy Evans at Sith Lord Sammy, who's just put probably my favourite horror, horror movie sequel ever. Yeah. Wow, it was such a short reply and I still managed to fuck it up. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, right, cool. Um so, uh, we both quite enjoyed that then, I guess. Yeah. Um, didn't blow us away, but it was nice to go back and rewatch it. So, um, if you want to find out more of the other podcasts that we uh, do over at 60MW, go to 60MW.co.uk um, and then all the other po- podcasts are there. Just a little plug for the latest show that Adam and I have just started doing, which is um, uh, Chris and Adam's 60 Minute Speed Run, which is about video games but done in 60 minutes as, as the name implies um and uh yeah but there's loads of other shows on there there's loads of other stuff on the website so please check that out um i think that's it i don't bother promoting anything social media now I can't be asked it's <laughs> uh, fair enough me neither never really did so uh but no thank you for, again for chatting about another film and uh, no doubt we'll be back soon with um either a speedrun show or our next show, which is uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So thanks for listening and um, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so we didn't mention the bloody music video by Dokken. No. Um, which I'd never seen the video before, but uh, I saw. I, was, I looked at it on YouTube the other day, and I sent you the link because um, it's. I, I, I know the song. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Dokken. I've only ever heard one song, which I think he's Dream Warriors. <laughs> Same here. Um, <laughs> but I remember watch listening to it in the day. You know, at the end of the film, and going, "We're the Dream Warriors. Ain't gonna dream no more." You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whatever. It didn't make me want to go out and seek out any more Dokken music. No, no. But and I've only well, YouTube didn't exist back then, and um, but I watched the the video, and it in intercuts stuff from the film. And new stuff. Yes. With the band playing. It's basically the entire first scene, isn't it? Throughout, And I was thinking, <laughs> they're just going to do some cheesy fucking hair metal shit and put bits of the first scene of the film in it. And then I started thinking, hold on, have they actually filmed new stuff for this? And it turns out, yes. And it turns it into like a spoof. They... Yeah. Which is quite funny. They've got... Um... So you've got the band playing and then you've got Freddie appears in it and then Kristen appears... Um... Uh, in different sections and there's she's kind of like you know uh so the freddy tries to grab the band and he's and whatever and then the band are they kind of evil because they're stalking Kristen a little bit yeah um but then it turns out that freddy's had a nightmare um and oh, what does he say that was his final line of the oh, film oh god 
or if the the music video he says something like oh what a nightmare something like something that yeah like that. yeah because you see a couple of shots um, of Kristen smiling and i was like i'm sure that wasn't in the film and then i sort of twigged no. that they've actually done some stuff separate for this and they've got robert england yeah. to do a thing at the end i was like fair play because he's holding a doll or something as well isn't he something like, like he's he's holding <laughs> he's holding a doll which he's sleeping with uh which is quite funny so anyway yeah uh go on youtube and check that out so there you go
ますが。